It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Virginia tips off here on the Fast Break Sports Network. We welcome you on this December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. Happy to have you along. And, of course, if you go back uh, about 20 or so years to the best comedy ever made, Seinfeld, you know what two days before Christmas is. It's Festivus. (laughs) And on our set today, we do have a Christmas tree. We are in the holiday spirit. We also have a Festivus pole. It's there. It's there. <laughs> it's maybe tough to see, but it's yep, there. It's there. So we we don't we don't discriminate. We celebrate everything here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, happy to have you along for the next three hours. We'll get you scores from across the state. We'll hear from coaches and some players as well. And our standout athlete of the week. We'll have all of that coming up a little bit later on. But first, Coach Rick Marone, the Tulsa Lady Rebels. You're just back from Tennessee. <laughs> just got off the bus. <laughs> just, just walked right in and here you are and uh, getting an opportunity to go out of state and make some travel and then right back to work. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, appreciate the basketball Friday night. Uh, Learjet actually picked me up in Gatlinburg <laughs> International Airport, uh, came right out of the Smoky Mountains, uh, landed out front here, don't notify Tri-State Airport, that was probably illegal, but uh, yeah, great to be back and uh, we, uh, we had a, a great time down there, it's a great part of the country. I hadn't been there in over 20 years, but uh, put on a great event, Gatlinburg-Pittman High School hosted it, but the Smoky Mountain Class Classic, thirty-two girls teams, twenty-four boys teams down there. It was it was amazing. Hoops everywhere. And before we get too far into that, I want to expand on this with you real for uh, for a moment. Gatlinburg obviously just hit by that massive wildfire, and that's a story that was national. I mean, so much of the historic part of that town, the scenic area between Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, destroyed by fire. Um, there were. I believe 14 who were killed in those fires. But uh, what could could you see signs of the scars and 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 from from those fires? Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Ryan, uh, you talk about resiliency, and as you mentioned, the tragedy, the people that lost their life. But you could literally see up on the side of the mountain coming down the burn lines. You could see within that area between Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg as we traveled between us. There were some buildings and houses that were completely gutted and to the ground, and there might be another one right down that was not touched. Uh, it was really a tragic situation. Uh, they went on with not just that tournament, but they had a lot of events, and they're trying to just, you know, to keep things. The best thing they said you can do is come, you know, because we were concerned that our tournament may be postponed or canceled due to that uh, situation. But it was very, uh, it was a tragic uh, situation. But yes, you could definitely see the signs of things that had been burned, things that had been totally uh, ruined and uh, and then other areas that uh, had not been bothered. So, uh, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to those people down there, but uh, they were resilient. Like I said, they were, they were open for business, as they said, and it was a great time. Gives the, you know, the local people a chance of, to get back to normalcy. You know, it's it, it makes it tough when they're, you know, put out of their homes, put out of their businesses. And you just, uh, I remember back when Herbert Hoover came to Scott, the coach said, I don't want to talk about flood. We want to get things back to normal. And I'm sure the people down there feel the same way. Well, I'll tell you what, we were down uh, Tuesday night. We had a shoot around and we were we got to use the auxiliary gym there at Pittman High School. And uh, they're one of their uh, coaches, uh, their male coaches from the boys' side, uh, was one that let us in, set us up and everything. And we talked to him and 
talked about the things that went on and wanting to try and, and help. And, uh, you know, he brought up uh, the flooding and stuff in our state. So it is a national story, as Ryan said, and people reaching out uh, to each other. And uh, they, they really appreciated all the help. Uh, but uh, i tell you what, uh, they they amazing that they're, they're back to where they are because it was very – obvious what they'd been through if you want to join us at any time on the program the phone number is 855-78-HOOPS that is 855-784-6677 we know why you're here you want scores there are games going on across the entire state of west virginia and some west virginia teams that have stepped out of state to play tonight as well let's get a first check of your scoreboard we'll have coach marone get the girls scores and we'll have joe get the boys scores Looking for scores? Look no more. It's Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard Update. This is your first one for tonight, the holiday edition coming at you. And our team, Tulsa Lady Rebels, uh, fell short today. Washington Independent out of Kentucky knocked us off 44-36. So Washington Independent over Tulsa in the Smoky Mountain Classic. Also, on the girls' side, Notre Dame and Tigers Valley. That score not final yet. We'll get that to you directly. Braxton County fell tonight. Nicholas County, the Grizzlies, 63-34 winners over the Eagles. Moorefield, 48. Straussburg, 40. The Yellow Jackets get a nice win in that one. Also on the girls' side tonight, the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears struggled a bit in the middle of that game but took control in the third quarter. Knockoff Spring Mills, 56-37 final in that one. And Lincoln County, the Lady Panthers, uh, leading 30-20 to over Nitro. Uh, Nitro, a new member of the Cardinal Conference. Lincoln still an independent, but they are Class AA. Now we'll get you a final on that one shortly. And, Joe, take a look at the boys' side. Over on the boys' side, it's the Man Hillbillies falling to Mount View and that uh, consolation game of the Bob Runyon uh, Memorial Tournament going on at Chapmanville Regional High School this weekend. It was the Cameron Dragons over Bridgeport of Ohio, 67-44. It was Steubenville falling to Bishop Donahue, 74-53. It was Edison Local out of Ohio over the Weir Red Raiders, 72-71, and a close one. It was John Marshall over Brooke, 62-52. In the uh, first quarter of the championship game of that Bob Runyon tournament at Chapmanville, the Chapmanville Tigers lead the Pikeview Panthers by a score of 18-8 after one. It was the Logan running Wildcats in a tight one over the Polka Dots tonight, 52-50 in Logan. It was Domingo Central Miners over Lincoln County, 61-42. It was the Parkersburg Big Reds over Parkersburg South, 93-58. It was the Ravenswood Red Devils over Southern Ohio. That score was 87-38. And another final, we have the Capital Cougars over Cabell Midland tonight, uh, 111-45. to And that's your Basketball Night scoreboard at BasketballNight.com. Thank you very much, guys. And Capital not taking too kindly to its loss to Wesley Christian a night ago. And uh, Wesley Christian, by the way, actually has two teams. So last night you had Wesley Christian playing one game against Capital. That was their main squad. Their secondary squad played in Ironton and lost to Huntington High in Ironton, Ohio last night. And um, coached by a Wayne grad, of all people. So it's just it's a small little world. <laughs> Who married a Tulsa grad coach? So there you go. But uh, nonetheless, we go back to the, we'll go to the phone lines. We have Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y radio voice of the Princeton Tigers. He joins us on the program now. And Wes, those Princeton Tigers... Able to, uh, or excuse me, 
coming off of a, a difficult loss earlier this week to Westside, and that ended after a, a tournament loss in the championship game of the Princeton tournament last week to Bluefield. And those Region 3 AA teams, Wes, continue to be pretty good. Yeah, Ryan, uh, you know, Princeton got all the inside a couple of years ago, and Coach Tony Gilger made it apparent that, you know, he wanted to play local teams with ties to Princeton, you know, to make it uh, a more of, of a local event and, you know, bring out both fans, you know, a fan base of both the opponent and Princeton. But uh, Region 3 AA is, is no joke, as you just mentioned, Ryan. Obviously, Westside and, and, and Bluefield are very good this year. Wyoming East is coming off a really good year last year. It'll be interesting to see uh, how good the Warriors are whenever they hook up. Uh, with Westside later on in the season. And then I believe uh, East and Pikeview play uh, are coming up here maybe next week it is. Um, but Pikeview's really good. Uh, you even look at, you know, a team like Shady Springs should be able to compete. Uh, you know, and now that they're down in double A. So while Princeton got out of the inside, they're going to have to play the Capitals and, uh, and the South Charlestons and the Huntington's of the world. They still got to play some pretty doggone good teams on their schedule, and Princeton's feeling the effects of that right now. You take a look at their losses this year. Bluefield, of course, um, Saturday night in, in the final of the Princeton Christmas tournament. Uh, and then they go to Westside on Tuesday night, or excuse me, on Wednesday night and lose to the uh, Renegades. It, it, it was just kind of a, a rough night for Princeton. They, they got off to a slow start. Then uh, Shane Jenkins in the second half of Westside, who is one of the best players in Southern West Virginia, Shane Jenkins dumped in 20 points in the second half. He had 28 on the night, and that's really just kind of killed Princeton's comeback attempt uh, in the second half was Mr. Jenkins um, getting hot. But Princeton, 2-3 and now on the season. they got to lick their wounds here because they're going to travel up to Brook next uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, They're coming up for the Brook Christmas tournament, and they'll get the Bruins in the first round. And uh, I I haven't seen their – uh, John Marshall Brooks score yet tonight, but I know that Brook was winless coming into tonight, so it'll be a, a battle of two teams trying to get their season back on track, and then on the other side of that uh, tournament will be Meadville, Pennsylvania, and then Pittsburgh Central Catholic, and I haven't really done a lot of research on either team yet, but anytime you put Pittsburgh and then Central Catholic together, that, that creates a little bit of, of a concern for the opponents. So it'll be interesting to see what Princeton does next weekend. Well, it's already a trip into the eastern panhandle and now a trip to the northern panhandle. And it seems to me like Princeton, more so than most other schools based on geography and the way things fell out when the reclassification was done, football was a lot of travel. Basketball is turning into a lot of travel as well. And and you mentioned uh, scheduling a lot of the Region 3 AA's because of proximity uh, still, though, having to make some long ventures out to find games. Yeah, you, you know, with basketball, sometimes you can get away with scheduling the double A's, but in football, you certainly can't. And if you want to look at it this way, guys, the next closest AAA to Princeton that's not named Greenbrier East or is not a MSAC school, you have to go all the way to Buckhannon Upshur to find the next closest AAA school for Princeton, or maybe, I guess, maybe Parkersburg South and, and Buckhannon might be about the same distance, but still, you're talking two and a half, three hours of travel just to one of those schools that, like I said, isn't an MSAC school or isn't named Greenbrier East. So, a lot of travel for, for Princeton. And I guess the one nice thing is for, for basketball, you can get away with 
scheduling some double A's and you know creating some of those natural rivalries like the Bluefields, uh, like the Pikeviews. Even you know, the Wyoming County schools aren't you know that far away compared to you know having to go to, to the Eastern Panhandle or the Northern Panhandle. Well, and as you just mentioned too, yes, it's a little bit different than the MSAC, but there's some really good basketball down there that doesn't necessarily fall into a classification. You know what I'm saying? Just because they're double A doesn't mean they're necessarily a step down. Oh, yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, you take a look at Bluefield. I mean, this, you know, this Bluefield team to me is very reminiscent of the two teams or the two Bluefield teams that won back-to-back AA state championships. They got a bunch of athletes on the floor and and they actually have a kid um, that transferred from Richlands, Virginia, uh, to really play football, but he's a really good basketball player and a really good shooter that kind of complements you know, guys like Mookie Collier and, and um, Dante Hopkins, that those guys can get to the rim, and they really just need someone to stretch the floor for them. And Cody Fuller from Richlands, Virginia, has really done that. And I went to Pikeview and Bluefield on Tuesday night, and guys, Pikeview is, well, I guess they're now two and three on, on the season, and they're playing Chapmanville tonight, but two of the three losses for Pikeview, who I thought coming into the season was going to be a really good team, two of their three losses. It's the blue from the other one's the west side. So, uh, to your guys' point, Region 3, Class AA is really, really good this year. Well, Wes, always a pleasure to talk with you. The Princeton Tigers back up into the northern panhandle uh, this upcoming week with a trip to Brook for the Brook tournament. Wes, always a pleasure. Talk to you guys next Friday night. Thanks. All right, Merry Christmas. That's Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y, voice of the Princeton Tigers. We're going to go right back to the phone lines. We've got Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. He is the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. And, Bill, when we talked a week ago, we were getting ready for the Cardinal Conference Big Ten shootout. And last Saturday, a big win for the Eagles over Logan. Of course, Logan tonight beating Polka. But then the Flying Eagles, a little bit of a struggle after that big win. The lost to Elkins earlier this week. Yeah, right. It was an up-and-down week for Robert Seabird. Of course, that's what you're going to have when you're looking at a team that starts uh, so many young players, only one returning starter coming back. You've got that lack of consistency that you really want to have. You know, last looking back last Saturday against Logan, uh, which, by the way, very impressive team. Uh, you know, I, Really like what Coach uh, Green's doing there, and uh, that's the first time I've had a chance to meet him and talk with him. And uh, he's going to be a, a fantastic coach uh, in the future, that's for sure. One of those guys that you can tell the players relate to; uh, they play hard for him. And, and that Logan team is a, a very talented team. Robert C. Bird really did a good job protecting the basketball against a very aggressive one-three-one, three-quarter court press, and also a full court press as well. You know, the, the, the Wildcats had an issue with fouls, and Dino No is a, is a really good po- uh, point defensive player. Uh, had three fouls to half, guys. That really kind of changed his game and kind of changed what they what they did defensively in terms of aggressiveness. And RCB took advantage of that. They were pretty cool in the second half and really did an excellent job in the foul line. 16 of 18 in the fourth quarter uh, against Logan to uh, get that win. So, yeah, excited about that win. And then they turned right back around and had a 12-point lead against Elkins on Tuesday, looked to be in the driver's seat, and then uh, just a, just kind of a total collapse in the second half. Couldn't find anybody to step up and, and uh, get any hoops for them, especially at key times. And, yeah, kind of a disappointing loss there because you really thought that you could build on a win, a uh, quality win uh, against Logan, but uh, things didn't work that way on Tuesday. But, you know, that's the kind of thing you're looking at with this squad and, and this team and, 
And if they can find a way to, to get that high level all the time, regardless of who you're playing, and I think that's something you learn as you get a little bit older, guys. You don't take any team for granted, uh, any opponent for granted, and that's something they have to work on here is, as they're going to have a long break, guys. We're back in action until the 3rd of, uh, of January before they play again. So they've got some time to kind of mend the fence and repair some of the issues, uh, you know, from that loss to uh, Elkins. But, you know, the other thing, too, uh, you look at that Coleman Classic and really a lot of great basketball. I've got to tell you, really impressed with Jeremy Dillon. Uh, he is the total package and, and such a very intelligent player. And I uh, got a chance to see him for the first time, and I was really excited about that opportunity and looking forward to seeing what he's going to be like when he finally gets to the next level. Hard to imagine a, a player this polished has one more year of high school basketball after this, but uh, he's got uh, a chance to shatter some records, I think, and really, uh, really impressed with his play. And from from all accounts, a great kid as well. And, and I just wanted to go back a little bit about talking about this up and down flow for RCB to this point. And, and Bill, you're you're right there connected to that program. Is there a sense of frustration, or is this like expected learning curve, and you keep working to get through it? You know, it, it is expected from from outside sources. You know, fans and and the media. Uh, you, you expect this when you're looking at starting a sophomore point guard and a freshman at the uh, three and you'd think you know you expect to see these growing pains but the, the problem is the bar has been set so high uh, in the past and uh, the expectations are there and I think that causes a little bit of pressure for some of these guys to, to try to live up to, to what they are expecting to, to perform at and the, the thing about it is when you see them play at the level they did against Logan then you, you go to expect that and you have to take a step back and realize, look, these guys are just trying to feel themselves around the court and get themselves familiar with the game. And, you know, there's a game inside a game, guys, and you guys know it really well. When, they're, when you're getting foul trouble or you know, learning to play with two fouls in the first half or three fouls early in the second half, you've got to be able to be effective on the floor but, but not take yourself out of the game with a foul. And you see so many kids – who, who are on the floor, they just want to shy away from competition, shy away of playing physical or aggressive because they don't want to pick up that next foul that might land them on the bench. So you've got to learn to play in that situation, in that scenario. And so some of these guys who have the talent have to understand and learn how to get the job done to be able to be on the floor and be effective. And I think they will in time, but it's, it's kind of a frustrating early part of the season. And, you know, Bill Bennett, a veteran coach, has been through a lot there and had a lot of success. It's a head scratcher to him because you know he says one day they're looking fantastic, the next day not so much. So it's kind of a mystery as to what you're going to get right now. And as we talked about early on, he's wanting and everyone else is wanting consistency in play. And when they get that, those W's will come. The Eagles two and three off until January third. They'll open the new year of play at East Fairmont, January third at seven thirty. Robert. C. Bird will take on the East Fairmont Bees on that night. Bill Nasser, voice of the Eagles on WPDX. Always a pleasure to have you on the program and wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much, Ryan. Really love being on. Have a Merry Christmas and look forward to talking next week. All right. Pleasure is ours. That's Bill Nasser, WPDX in Clarksburg. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mike Parrish. He's the head coach of the North Marion Lady Huskies. They had a big win earlier this week off to a fantastic start. We'll talk more about high school basketball in the Mountain State when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. In today's economy, it's just as common for companies to merge and go out of business as it is for workers to change jobs. As a result, retirement plans can be left behind, lost or forgotten about, until it's time for workers to retire. Even in the best of circumstances, workers can have questions about or problems with their retirement plans, but not know where to turn for help. That's where Pension Help America comes in. Found online at pensionhelp.org, Pension Help America connects Americans to resources that can help them find answers to questions about their retirement plans. By guiding you through a simple series of questions, Pension Help America will put you on the path to finding the help you need. Pension Help America is a website of the Pension Rights Center, a nonprofit consumer organization dedicated to protecting and promoting the retirement security of American workers, retirees, and their families. If you have a question about your retirement plan, visit pensionhelp.org. That's pensionhelp.org. A public service message from the Pension Rights Center. I'm in almost every school bus in classroom. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 921 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limville, happy to have you along on the program tonight. We're with you until midnight. With you all the way until the beginning of Christmas Eve. Wow. We're Festivus. Or, well, the end of Festivus. Yeah, we're taking you through the Festivus. Uh, we'll talk much more Festivus later on in the program. I don't know why, but it's just because I think more people can relate to it. But the North Marion Lady Huskies, guys, uh, we'll talk about them for a moment here before we get into uh, this interview. But um, this is a ball club that is basically wrecking teams right now. And then coming off of a win over number one Fairmont Senior earlier this week. And uh, Coach Marone, North Marion, very good tradition, and uh, this is a, a good ball club. Yeah, I tell you, Coach Paris does a great job, and of course for a pretty good period of time they were in AAA and uh, won uh, three titles there uh, in a row and uh, uh, have continued on, a great tradition there, and uh, they've got another great ball club this year and picked up a couple of big-time wins this past week. Joining us now on the program is Mike Parrish. He is the head coach of the Lady Huskies, who remain unbeaten on the season after a win over number one ranked Fairmont Senior on the road, 88-82 on Wednesday. Coach Parrish, your ball club, perfect so far in the record. How are you? How do you feel about this ball club in terms of how they have played to this point? 
got we got a deep team, and uh, we got five seniors that we start. Then we got some young kids that we bring off the bench, and we sort of adopted that Glenville State women's style, where subbing we sub about every three three and a half minutes. Come in with a new five and try to press and keep them all fresh. And uh, the kids have bought into it, and uh, it's got us off to a good start this year. Well, coach, in that Big Ten Cardinal Conference Challenge last Saturday. An 86-37 win over Sissonville. Now, if you just blindly look at that score, I mean, that's a 49-point win. But that game was close into the second half before you really, really dropped the hammer with a 32-0 third quarter. Is that one of those games where that is the, you know, the formula, so to speak, of showing about wearing an opposing team down? Yeah, I think we wore them down there toward the end of the second quarter. We We had a about a 12 or 14 point lead early and they, they made some runs hit some shots got back in the game cut it to 33 30 then we went on a 7-0 run there about the last minute and a half of the second quarter and then went on that 32-0 run in the third and you could tell that they was really tired and uh, coach Keen used some timeouts there and uh, he didn't really have a lot of subs he could get in there and it led to a lot of easy transition baskets for us and your win over Fairmont senior 88-82 um, the polar bears we're runner, runners-up a year ago, a ball club that has a lot back. Uh, a team that style-wise is somewhat similar, a lot of pressure um, in the full court game. Um, High-scoring ball game, too. You don't see a lot of those 88-82 type scores. Tell me about that ball game. Uh, it was one of those games where both teams is up pressing. We were both running. Uh, got a lot of leak-outs, easy baskets, both teams, forced turnovers, and Every quarter was competitive. It was a uh, whole first half. It was back and forth. Uh, coming out in the third quarter, we made a run, went up eight or nine, and they'd cut it down, and we'd build it up again. It sort of went like that, and they tied it up in the fourth. And there was a lot of fouls. There was a lot of free throws. and just, It was one of those entertaining basketball games, the way a basketball game should be, and up and down the floor, and a lot of points being scored, and that's uh, what people like coming and seeing. Coach, uh, Joe Linville here. Looks like uh, this first question I've got, I know it's a couple days away, but do you have your suitcase packed yet? <laughs> I just went out and did my shopping. <laughs> uh, you guys are uh, you know, headed to Florida and playing in a couple tournaments next week. Uh, that would have to be exciting for your program as well. Yeah, it's always good to get out and get out of state and play teams that you don't see and uh, tournament we're going to is in Orlando and there's 90 some teams boys and girls and there's teams from all over the country and in our bracket you got a team from uh, New York three teams from Florida us a team from Kentucky a team from New Jersey and a team from Virginia so you play out that eight eight bracket pool there and you get to play a lot of teams and see a lot of different faces and see how you stack up compared to the rest of the country. Coach, I would say you're getting ready to head down to the warmth, but it's supposed to be like 60 degrees through much of the area uh, in uh, West Virginia on Christmas. <laughs> so um, you're going into uh, um, maybe a similar climate. I think it's in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 60 here and 80 there are the same, basically, for, for how about that. Uh, <laughs> on the way back home. <laughs> well, uh, Coach. Um, and that trip worked out good, too, because the Mountaineer Bowl game is on oh. the Wednesday. Wow, and we don't play that game that day, so we was able to get some tickets. And about half of us are going to the football game, and about half of them is going to an NBA game that night or Orlando. Do you have an extra seat on the bus, <laughs> or maybe three extra seats on the bus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll squeeze you in. 
Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here again. Congratulations this week. Thanks for coming on the program. Uh, Coach, uh, I know uh, traveling out of state and such, as you mentioned, uh, beyond just seeing the good competition and stuff, how important is it? Uh, you've got a senior kind of late in club, but you've got a lot of young players mixed in as well. A time for your team to, to kind of get a bonding situation and where you can really kind of grow uh, as a team uh, through that as well. Yeah, it's good to get the girls out together. The families are together. They get to go out and interact and build some friendships. And uh, we got a good group of girls. They're all smart kids. They all get along well. They all play well together. So it makes it easy when you take them on a trip like this to where you know you can trust them and know they're going to do the right things. Well, the North Marion Lady Huskies 5-0 and on the season and heading down to Disney for some basketball between Christmas and New Year's. Mike Parrish is the head coach. We thank you for joining us and we wish you a Merry Christmas. All right, thank you, and Merry Christmas to everyone down there, too. And you all do a great job on this show, and I watch it every Friday night. Oh, we appreciate it. There's Mike Parrish. And, again, you know, we, we sometimes we get in our little bubble here where we feel like we're doing the show, and we, we interact with our callers directly, and we kind of forget that there's an audience out there. <laughs> I think that's, that's not a bad thing, though. But uh, I'll tell you what, coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio. Uh, He had the Tyler Consolidated Liberty Harrison game today. We'll also get you a full scoreboard update as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Three tours driving Humvees in Afghanistan. Six years treating soldiers. Twelve years flying choppers. When my sister came back from her last tour in Afghanistan, she didn't want to talk about it, but she knew I was there to listen. My son saved lives as a medic in the military, and I always remind him how much his service meant to our country. Sometimes my husband still has difficult memories. They can be overwhelming. With the Veterans Crisis Line, I know where to turn when we need support. I made the call and got support for my sister. I called because I was concerned about my son. We got him connected to care, and it's made a difference. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1, or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net. You feel like you know your man, but you may not know everything. Of all the women living with HIV in the U.S., about 66% are African American. And most of these women got HIV by having unprotected sex with a man. But more women are getting tested and looking out for themselves. To get a free HIV test, visit HIVtest.org slash take charge. Or call 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-232-4636. Take charge. Take the test. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Are you job hunting? With SelfCheck, you can check your employment eligibility records before your next employer does. So before you apply, check out USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free. SelfCheck gives you the confidence of knowing your government records are in order. Check out your employment eligibility today at USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. SelfCheck is a service of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services and E-Verify. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Week three of the program. We're with you until midnight. We know you're here for scores. We'll talk more basketball in just a moment, though, with Brandon Gregory. Uh, he had a, an outstanding boys basketball game. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of the scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. It's Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard Update Holiday Edition tonight. We'll start with the boys' side. And on the boys' side tonight, the Man Hillbillies fall to Mount View. The Golden Knights, 85-46 to 46 winners. That's the Bob Runyon consolation game. Uh, the Cameron Dragons get a 67-44 win over Bridgeport, Ohio. Also on the boys' side, Bishop Donahue, 74, Steubenville Catholic, 53. A tight game as Toronto, Ohio knocks off Oak Glen, 56-53. The Golden Bears fall tonight. Edison Local out of Ohio, 72-71 winners over Weir. The John Marshall Monarchs get a 62-52 win over the Brook Bruins. And partial score, Chapmanville 32, Pikeview 29. That game was at the half in the Bob Runyon Classic Championship tonight. The Hoover Huskies fall by three to Nitro. Nitro gets a 59-56, a Cardinal Conference win for the Wildcats. Polka falls tonight. The Dots fall 52-50 to Logan in Willie Akers Arena tonight. A big win for the Logan Wildcats and their coach Zach Green. The Miners, Amingo Central 61-42 winners over Lincoln County. Parkersburg South comes up short against Parkersburg. The Big Reds, 93, Park South, 58. Wheeling Park, 64, Preston, 49. The Ravenswood Red Devils, McPrice's crew, 87-38, winners over Southern of Ohio. And Capital, the Cougars, unwind a triple-digit effort tonight, 111 to 45 over the Cabell Midland Knights. Ryan, that's the boys' score. You got the girls' side. In girls basketball, it was the Lady Jackets of Williamsburg, Kentucky. Not Williamsburg. It's weird how everybody's a jacket when you got Williamsburg, right? The Williamsburg Lady Jackets out of Kentucky get a win over Tulsa, 44-36 in the Smoky Mountain Classic. That's right, Coach Moreau was in Gatlinburg earlier today. Now he's here. Braxton County falls to Nicholas County. The Grizzlies get the win, 63-34. Moorefield defeats Strasburg, Virginia, 48-40. It was Fairmont Senior defeating Spring Mills, 56-37. Lincoln County beats Nitro tonight, 51-34. And Buchanan Upshur behind 20 points from Hannah McClung defeats University, 67-54. That is a check of your basketball or basketballnight.com scoreboard. One of the scores that was mentioned on the boys' side from earlier was Tyler Consolidated. This was actually last night. Defeated Liberty Harrison 80-75 to in double overtime. What a great ball game that was. Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn had the call of that one. And Brandon, sometimes the score tells you exactly what type of game it was. And for a double overtime game that obviously came down to the wire, that was a big win for the Knights. Yeah, they're on a three-game run. Um, they got uh, got started last week with a win and then went to Ritchie County on the road and won by 11 and trailed most of this one. They had a 4 nothing lead to start, and then uh, Harrison went on an 8-0 run, and Tyler Consolidated didn't take the lead again, I think, until a minute, minute and a half to get on the game. And, uh, boy, it was a dogfight. 
you know, Her- Liberty, Liberty Harrison has uh, Dalton Westfall, who, who's a pretty good basketball player. He's six five. He, he goes somewhere around two twenty to two thirty, somewhere in that range. And he's a really good athlete, and uh, he scored forty two of their seventy five last night. But uh, you know, Liberty Harrison, I think, is going to be a team that they can develop a little bit of depth. They just ran out of legs. Tyler Consolidated had, I think, went ten or eleven deep, and uh, you know, they, they actually went a whole line change and just sub five in, five out for the most part of the first half and then and the second half really you know started subbing in pieces here and there and just and just wore Liberty Harrison out. The Knights now three and three and you talk about that double overtime win. You go back to the beginning of the season, which was a one point heartbreaking loss to Valley Wetzel. This is a Tyler Consolidated team that's been in a couple of just classic type games here within the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, you can uh, you know, this is Coach Jones' second year and uh you can see the improvement. You could see at the end of last season, you know, of course they were missing missing a few kids. They had some injuries and, and they had some kids that just didn't come out. Uh, but you could see them starting to get better. They, you know, they won a game. They, they closed off a eight or nine game losing streak with a win right before sectionals. Of course, I think they lost the sectional play. And they come back out and, and, and you knew they were going to be better because there's some athletes. You know, there's some athletes in the school. There's some athletes in the football program. It was just a matter of when, and uh, you know, they're really doing a good job. I mean, they 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 never gave up. They fought, and uh, like I say, when you got ten, when you can go ten or eleven deep, uh, and not really have a whole lot of drop off, and you got some kids that can do some different things. But uh, you know, they're a team that's you know they've developed the depth. It's just a matter of refining some skills and getting some kids in in basketball shape, and I think. As the season wears on, they will they will be in good shape going into section play. A full week now to prepare for St. Mary's, that game a week from tonight uh, at St. Mary's against Tower Consolidated. And uh, that type of layoff, which isn't that long really, but uh, a week and a day over the Christmas break, uh, sometimes I think you can be concerned about maybe being a little sluggish coming out of it. Any concerns about that? Yeah, I would say you know, that's always a concern. I think uh, – you know, you try to do as much with them as you can. Obviously, you got to give them a few days of family, but uh, I imagine it'll be a short layoff. Um, and you know, you get back in and you challenge them. You try to get them back in game shape by, you know, getting a little extra conditioning and some extra shots up. And the the one thing that Tyler Consolidated does a ton better this year than than, than last year is they pass basketball a lot better. They still make some mistakes handling it, but uh, they pass they move the basketball well. Uh, and, and, you know, they got some kids that can score. Dylan Roberts can score. Jace Reed can score. Nathan Lancaster is a good playmaker off the dribble. Uh, Quentin Richmond is a, is a, does a great job on the offensive glass, and he actually handled, you know, Westfall scored 42, but, uh, you know, Jace Reed and the, the combination of Jace Reed, Trenton Smith, and, uh, Quentin Richmond really didn't, did a pretty good job on Of course, he got, he got a little help there towards the end. He, 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 I think he got some Kobe Bryant treatment there sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but he, he's a pretty good ball player. He didn't need much help, uh, and he shoots basketball well. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you know, St. Mary's is a, is a whole other animal because they're they're they've got a lot of kids that aren't in game shape game shape yet either, and they actually went. Uh, I think they were three and one in their in their first four games, and then they really expected to be one and three or zero and four. Uh, given the late the late playoff run of their football team, so uh, they're 
you know, they're they're feeling pretty good about themselves as well. So I was I would suspect next week will be a dog fight on both sides. One week from tonight, Tyler Consolidated's boys visit St. Mary's WRSG Radio's Brandon Gregory from Middleburn uh, with us. We appreciate you calling in and wish you a Merry Christmas. All right, thank you guys very much. All right, and we're going right back to the phone lines. We go to the head coach of the Bluefield Lady Beavers, Tony Malamachi, undefeated, 6-0. and He joins us now on the program. And, Coach, uh, your ball club, 6-0, and and that's really, really difficult to be any better than that right now. Yeah, it is. We're playing real well right now. We have uh, a lot of kids back from last year, have a lot of experience, and uh, they're playing real well. well. This is a ball club that is coming off of a win over Pikeview uh, Wednesday night, a 75-36 win, and a game that I thought really kind of cemented how good this Bluefield team is to this point in the season, beating Summers County 78-50. to uh, in in Bluefield uh, a few nights ago, that was back on Monday night. Uh, just a good good week of basketball for your ball club. Yeah, the Summers County game was the best game we've played all year. We uh, we finally shot the ball well. We we've, we've been playing good defense all year, but our shooting's been a little erratic. But we kind of put everything together in that Summers County game, and it's it's kind of been a robbery with us. They knocked us out in the regional last year. And it was a game that the, the kids really wanted. So we, we played our best game offensively and defensively in that one. We already have wins over a uh, win over West Side, and uh, that was earlier this year. That was a 52-51 win for your ball club. That was back on December 15th. So if you look back through, you've already beaten Pikeview. You've already beaten West Side. Uh, still a long way to go before we start talking state tournament, but at least on the – progression stage of this this season and this ball club you seem to be on the right path yeah you know in that west side game uh, i think west side's probably the best team we've played so far but uh, you know we missed uh 52 shots in that game we missed more shots than they took and um still poured out a win so that's that's a good sign and we you know it's, it's possible we can meet them again in the regional if all things work out you know accordingly but uh yeah, it's a long way to go. We have a, a tough one coming up on Tuesday. That'll be a real test. We'll be able to, you know, kind of tell where we're at after that game. Yeah, the Martinsburg Bulldogs making the trip down to Bluefield and, and taking on not just a AAA team, but somebody from completely away from your area. Um, even in this day and age, there's still, you know, there's a little bit of a mystery there in terms of uh, personnel-wise who you're playing because you, you don't get to see them in person. No, and we looked at their uh, schedule, and most, most of their teams have been out-of-state teams. I think they've only played one West Virginia team, so, you know, it's kind of hard to get a gauge on them. Uh, looking at their roster, they had one, one kid had pretty good size, so I'm kind of assuming they're pretty quick, got a lot of, uh, you know, smaller-type athletic kids. But, you know, we're looking forward to playing them, to giving us a uh, you know, measuring stick to where we're at against the very good teams. Coach, uh, with the holidays upon us, uh, you know, you try to stay in the gym, but but yet, you know, you got to give those girls the breaks and, you know, to spend some time with their family. How do you keep them focused on basketball over the holidays? Well, we uh, like said we played Wednesday and we practiced yesterday and we, we practiced, we had a terrible practice today. They just, their minds wasn't in it at all. <laughs> so we kind of cut it short. 
we'll get back in the gym Monday and uh, try to get them focused. I think they'll be focused on Monday, knowing you know, we have a big game on Tuesday. But uh, you know, you need a couple of days off every now and then. I think sometimes, as coaches, we wear kids out and kind of um, shoot their legs before the you know tournament gets here. So I've, I've kind of uh, learned that through experience. You got to give them a couple of days here and there, and this is a good time of the year to to give them a couple of days and then start the new year back, you know, and pretty strong. The Bluefield Beavers 6-0, and and again, the, the Lady Beavers take on Martinsburg on Tuesday at Bluefield. Coach Tony Malamachi, we appreciate you talking with us tonight, and we wish you the best of luck and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. All right, we'll step aside now and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Eric Little, WVVV Radio. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah. Well, I'll try that one again after the break, too. We'll talk with them about that Parkersburg-Parkersburg South game. And we'll, we'll have a little bit of a reveal. We're going to tease ahead for later in the program. We have something that will be out on our website coming up soon. We'll do all of that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. My name is Carmelita Limas, and this is my American story. I actually did three years of AmeriCorps, and during that time I was able to work for Habitat for Humanity. When I showed up on the site, there was a hole in the ground, and by the time we left, there was a house, and a woman could sweep her floor for the first time, and she just started crying, and we all hugged her, and it was just a moment that is burned in my memory. I encourage everybody to serve because it's just something that will bring light to your life. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a way of connecting to the world and giving back and showing love to people that you don't even know. Every one of us has a role to play in making our communities and our country stronger. Discover yours. Help us continue to make a difference in the life of our nation. Go to serve.gov and find the opportunity that works for you. This message is brought to you by the Corporation for National and Community Service. What if we got rewarded for every good decision? Dinner. Meal needs a vegetable. Check. Amazing. Vegetables cooked with a healthier oil instead of butter? Fantastic. Replacing bad fats with healthier fats like those in canola or vegetable oil is good for your heart. Take up the challenge for good health because the you of the future will say... Visit heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Household pests are familiar subjects in childhood songs and nursery rhymes, but they can also pose serious threats to our health and property. Dealing with these threats may not be as easy as ABC, but it can be as easy as IPM. Integrated pest management employs common sense and sound solutions to treat and control pests. To learn more, visit whatisipm.org, a public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.47 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 
Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along on the program. Big game tonight, the Battle of Parkersburg. And it was all big reds on the boys' side of things tonight as Parkersburg defeats Parkersburg South 93-58. to Eric Little, WVVV in Williamstown, had the call of that one. And Eric, um, from the outside looking in, as good as Parkersburg South has been over the past several years, Parkersburg's had a pretty good team. But that margin of, of difference kind of stands out tonight. Carson Snyder for the Big Reds looked as good as, and this is what Mike Fallon said, using his exact words in our postgame interview, Carson Snyder looked as good as anybody in the state tonight. Uh, 28 points from Snyder. The second game in a row he had six threes, five of them coming in the first half and four of them in the first quarter. He couldn't miss tonight. And uh, PHS started the game on a 12-0 run, and it really didn't get a lot better than that, though. South did whittle it back down to a five-point game late in the second quarter. The Parkersburg High just kept building it back to seven and nine, and they would, they would trade buckets on one end, and, and then uh, they'd get one to cut it to five on one end, and PHS would go get another one on the other end. And, and South just never seemed to get the stops and the turnovers to mount when they needed them. Uh, again, a ball game that kind of uh, sticks out there because Parkersburg South – uh, obviously has been so good for the last several years and playing that up-tempo brand of basketball and it, tonight it just seems like some, sometimes you have a night where it's just not your night and sometimes it is your night tonight was Parkersburg's night tonight was not Parkersburg South's night and you put that together on the floor at the same time and you can get that type of, uh, that type of result and that type of point differential and yeah, PHS outscored South 54-22 to in the second half, and three nights ago, Parkersburg South, when they defeated John Marshall, they outscored John Marshall 51-21 to in the second half themselves. So it really was the, what they had done to John Marshall on Tuesday, they had happened to them tonight. The Patriots just couldn't get, uh, couldn't get the breaks. They couldn't score in that second half. They really struggled offensively, and um, Parkersburg High's depth began to flex its muscle. A big second half for guys like Brenton Strange and Tyler Lawrence for PHS. And you know, the issue for South, really, they're 3-1 and one now at this point of the season. They're very young, though. Their varsity roster contains a program-high five freshmen. They've only got six players that saw varsity time last year. And of the six, really only two of them saw significant varsity time. So it's a lot of new pieces that are trying to fit together for Mike Fallon's group. He's trying to switch combinations a lot. He didn't substitute a ton tonight, but he was, he's been saying that he wants to find a good eight or nine person rotation that he feels comfortable with. And the first couple games, it looked like there might be more players that work into that rotation. Tonight, just five bench points as this young Patriots team played in a very hostile environment at Memorial Field House. And uh, they seemed to handle it well, though they weren't productive. But Bench productivity is something that he's going to need to have from, from these players. So if this roster can step up and provide that, and that uh, will tell you a lot about the long-term prognosis of this team. Well, you answered part of the question I was about to ask about the atmosphere there at the Memorial Fieldhouse in Parkersburg. That's one of the more uh, unique venues in West Virginia now because so many, I mean, let's be honest, so many high school gyms are kind of cookie-cutter these days and look a whole lot alike. That one's different, and that atmosphere is different when these two teams get together. Um, 
I know it was a big night for Parkersburg, but what was it like in there just uh, for visiting visiting into that environment? It's loud. It is a loud environment. And uh, you're right. A lot of gyms are, are cookie-cutter nowadays, and this one's not. It's uh, seating's in a horseshoe arrangement, so there's three sides with seats. you know. And, and, and honestly, the, the Parkersburg South crowd uh, was the bulk of the crowd tonight. They seem to have more people there than, uh, than PHS did. But the uh, PHS student section had more to get into the game about. It was always a fun crowd when these two teams get together. But, you know, when the the Big Reds run away with it in the second half like that, it really took that factor out of the game. I mean, they they just dominated the second half. Jeff Mendelow's squad, uh, they've got got what it takes to get to Charleston, I think, right now. But Mike Fallon also thinks a lot of his young squad, too. He thinks that uh, by the time they get to March, they'll be where they need to be to get to Charleston. And to be quite honest, that's really all you have to do. You know, you have to spend these two months or so to get to where you can win the big games to get you to Charleston. That's really all the rest of this is. So, and that's kind of what Mike Fallon's hanging his hat on right now for the Parkinson South Patriots. Uh, the Patriots lose for the first time this season, now 3-1, and one, and now getting ready to take on Spring Valley coming up after Christmas. That'll be on... Tuesday, a home game with the Timberwolves before a trip to Cabell Midland, and basically a, a you know a Tuesday Thursday setup where Parkersburg South will take on two MSAC teams, and uh, you know a little bit different styles there. And between those two teams, Cabell Midland struggling a lot this year. Spring Valley starting to kind of just get his legs underneath it after the football state runner-up run, and. They have a lot of football players who play basketball as well. That should be an interesting game next week as well, trying to see, one, how the young Patriots bounce back, and two, you know, just how good Spring Valley is. That's a good litmus test for, for them as well. Well, it's a different schedule this year for Parkersburg South because for the last several years, their region and section games have fit in with their conference there, and the OVAC and the Two Rivers Athletic Conference, which means you're playing teams like Wheeling Park, Morgantown, Brook, University at some point down the road in the conference and in sectional regional play. So they stay in that conference, you know, and, and, and you get the games in against those schools, but the sectional regional alignment's different. They're in a section with, with Ripley now and PHS, and among their schools in that, uh, on the other half of the region, you've got Spring Valley, you've got Cabell Midland, Huntington, and um, I'm blanking on the fourth one right now. But so you're starting to see. South get those kind of schools on the schedule. You know, they hadn't played in a while. So for the Patriots, this is really uh, going to be a, a very exploratory week for what March is going to be like in that regard as well. Not just, you know, soul-searching that they'll do to try to bounce back from a 30-plus point loss to your crosstown rival, but, you know, the, the, the exploratory nature of what the next week is going to be will be huge because, like you said, there's some different styles of play there, different personnel that you don't see all the time, and a program that is just looking to learn about two other programs that they'll have to face off with if they want to get to Charleston for the next several years. Eric Little, WVVV Radio. He had the Parkersburg-Parkersburg South game tonight. The Patriots fall to the Big Reds on the road, 93-58 the final in that one. Eric, always a pleasure. Have a Merry Christmas, and look forward to speaking with you again later on down the road. Thanks, and a Merry Christmas to you guys as well. All right, thank you very much. and. Um, Coach Marone, from a coach's standpoint, this time of year, you've got Christmas coming up, you've got New Year's coming up. Let's face it, Christmas means time with family and a big meal. 
or two <laughs> or, three. or three yes and maybe a leftover of the big meal uh, for a second day as well to make it a fourth and you know high school kids we're older and we kind of lose track of the fact that high school kids can metabolize these things a lot better than what we can these days but um still how do you balance that you know giving them time but making sure that they kind of don't lose their edge a little bit well, I tell you, I think Coach Malamachi was exactly right. Uh, he sprinkled a couple games in there, but he mentioned you've got to, you've got to give them some time off. I think it's really important that you do that, both for the physical side of it, and also, uh, you know, mentally and emotionally. These are kids; uh, and they need to get away from the game. I think, or you can get burnt out with it. Uh, but uh, on the other side, uh, Joe, you want to stay sharp throughout the holidays because the, the push really starts after the first of the year. Exactly. December, and we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, December you kind of start off the early in the month, you play a couple games, and then there's that, kind of that two-week lull, and then, you know, right before Christmas you start getting into some of these holiday tournaments. And like you say, coming up January 1, you know, your your conference schedule start, your rivalry games start. So, you know, you got to be on your best basketball come january and february and again this is always uh an interesting time of year because it is it's a, it's a delicate balance of the holidays i mean even you know you look back a, a year ago and christmas and new year's fell on friday nights which kind of fouled up uh some schedules a little bit this year falling on sunday uh you got kind of a natural break for a weekend in terms of you can just you can give your kids saturday or Sunday, if you wish. I mean, and in some cases, you can even give them Monday, or you can get them right back in the gym Monday. You've got a choice this year. Yeah, like, a, you know, we'll be off uh, tomorrow and Sunday, and then we'll come in uh, Monday afternoon. So they still, you know, the day after Christmas oh, always no. great. You got the leftovers, you still got the stuff you opened, you wanted to play with, right, when you're growing up. But uh, it's a balancing act, but I think you can do both. And, you know, this is, a, again, a time of year that you spend time with family and friends. We want to take a, a quick moment to give a shout out to our buddy bill cornwell uh he was scheduled to join us tonight but unable to uh you know he, he's got there's some health concerns within the family not with bill himself and uh definitely our thoughts and prayers go out to uh billy c our good buddy bill cornwell and uh, that's a tough time that unfortunately uh everybody has to kind of go through at some point and, yeah our thoughts and prayers are with you bill yeah we'll be back with more of basketball friday night in west virginia after this basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network when they arrived at the sheds a crowd of women erupted into shouting and booing martha was right the strikers were more organized than ever they carried signs that said huelga strike they were yelling help us feed our children When Esperanza saw their menacing faces, she wanted to run. She wanted to tell them that her mother was sick, that she had to pay the bills. Then maybe they'd understand why she needed her job. But she knew it would not matter. The strikers only listened if you agreed with them. When the guard wasn't looking, one of the strikers picked up a rock and threw it, barely missing a woman's head. Esperanza's heart was beating wildly as she and the women took their places. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Esperanza Rising by Pam Munoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. I was leaving an exercise class. All of a sudden, the pain started. My entire chest. Shortness of breath. Very fatigued. Nauseated. Thought that it was nothing much, maybe just stress. You're having a heart attack. I'm healthy, I'm young. There's no way it could be my heart. No way. Heart disease doesn't discriminate. 
Listen to your body, go get checked. Heart disease is the number one killer in women, and this is something that we can fight. Visit GoRedForWomen.org to learn a woman's risk for heart disease. Have you heard the buzz about West Nile virus? Protect yourself and your family from the mosquito bites that spread the virus. When you go outside, use mosquito repellent containing DEET. When possible, wear long sleeve shirts and pants. And remove standing water around your home where mosquitoes breed. Anyone can become infected. But if you're over 50, you're at higher risk for severe disease or even death from West Nile virus. Remember, the best defense comes from things you can do yourself. Fight the bite. Tell mosquitoes to buzz off. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. We welcome you back to Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville here with you tonight. We'll be joined in just a moment by Dylan Stone as we will have our standout athlete of the week in just a moment. But first, we know you're here looking for scores, and let's jump right into it with your latest scoreboard update. Joe, you take the girls' scores first. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. First, on the girls' side, it was Washington Independence over the Tulsa Rebels in the Smoky Mountain Classic earlier today by a score of 44-36. It was Tennessee High falling to St. Joe, 68-39. It was the Grizzlies of Nicholas County over the Lady Eagles of Braxton County, 63-34. The Moorefield uh, Yellow Jackets over the Strasburg uh, team out of Virginia. That was a 48-40 win for Moorefield. It was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears defeating the Lady Cardinals of Spring Mills, 56-37. It was Lincoln County, the Lady Panthers over the Lady Wildcats, 51-34. And it was the uh, University Hawks falling to Buckcannon Upshur, 67-54. Taking a look at boys' scores from across the state of West Virginia tonight, it was the Red Knights of Toronto, Ohio, defeating Oak Glen 56-53. Edison Local, Ohio, defeats Weir 72-71. Red Riders fall in a tough game at home. John Marshall goes on the road and defeats Brooke tonight 62-52. The Bruins... Now 0-5 on the season. End of the third quarter in the Bob Runyon Championship game is Chapmanville Regional 54, Pikeview 41. Tug, or excuse me, Tucker County defeated Elkins tonight 60-54. It was Gilmer County defeating Clay County 63-42. The Nitro Wildcats are 4-2. They defeat Herbert Hoover tonight 59-56. It was Logan defeating Polka, 52-50. That is the first regular season in-state loss for the Dots in two years. Mingo Central defeats Lincoln County, 61-42. It was Parkersburg over rival Parkersburg South tonight at the Memorial Fieldhouse in Parkersburg. Big Reds get the win, 93-58. Wheeling Park 
goes to two and two with a 64-49 victory over Preston. Ravenswood, three and one now after an 87-38 win over the Tornado of Southern Ohio. It was Point Pleasant defeating River Valley, Ohio, 62-47. Capital all over Cabell Midland tonight, 111-45 in the Parmar Classic. And in overtime, it was Wesley Christian, Kentucky. The Circuit Riders defeat George Washington, 72 to 63. And now we do have a final score updating that Chapmanville game. Chapmanville Regional wins the Bob Runyon Tournament, 71 to 60. The final score. Chapmanville Regional defeats Pikeview, and that is a check of your BasketballNight.com scoreboard for the night. Our standout athlete of the week this week comes to us from East Fairmont High School. Her name is Lauren Antelock. Dylan Stone joins us now. Dylan, she's someone who uh, really is uh, a fixture in that community. Of course, East Fairmont and Fairmont Senior are only six miles apart, but yet different schools and different uh, drawing areas, and she's someone who is a big factor not only on the court but off the court as well. Yeah, she really is. She really takes uh, a lot of pride in giving back to the community, and uh, you'll hear from her mom a little bit later in a uh, talking about Lauren, and she says that um, being able to to work with children, especially, really um, is is something that brings some fulfillment to Lauren. And Lauren is somebody that, uh, for as good as she is on the court, and uh, she's very good. In fact, East Fairmont had a game uh, yesterday where they they took down uh, Weir, and um, Lauren had. Uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 6 steals, a couple of blocks as well. So she's uh, very good on the court, but off the court is something that she takes more pride in than her play on the court. um, She's uh, somebody that likes to read to children. Um, Her her head coach actually took their their team to a local elementary school, and Lauren was a big part of going out there being able to read, and she also is involved with the uh, Salvation Army as well. So uh, a lot of uh, pride for her in in being able to, to give something back. She didn't jump in any buckets after scoring a basket there the other night, right? Well, I mean, she's six one, so uh, <laughs> she. It, it, if it was as big as Ezekiel Elliott's that he jumped in, she'd have a ways to get up to get up there. But uh, no, I, not not that I know of. I don't think so. Uh, the bees are four and two on the season after beating Weir last night, eighty nine twenty seven. A big win for the bees over the the Red Riders. You mentioned that that game that she had, and uh, on the floor though, that's nothing new. She's kind of the leader of this East Fairmont ball club. Yeah, she really is. She's this this will be her fourth uh, her fourth letter this season as she's played uh, since she was a freshman, been a um, just a stalwart for that team for her entire high school career. Not only uh, is she very successful on the basketball court but on the volleyball court as well she's a an all-state player in volleyball as well and uh, actually signed a uh, signed a letter of intent to go play at West Virginia Wesleyan for volleyball so in addition to her off the court work and her her on the court of basketball work volleyball also very good so multi-talented is Lauren and Dylan also able to learn more about our Santa Athlete of the Week Lauren Antelock here is more on our Sound Athlete of the Week. Lauren Antelock is a caring and hardworking 17-year-old off the court, but on the court she's a six-foot-one, intimidating and skilled center for East Fairmont who has led the Lady Bees to a 4-2 start to the season, averaging 16 points and over 10 rebounds per contest to go along with over three steals and two blocks per game as well. Lauren is also this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Her coach, James Beckman, says that Lauren, who will become a four-year letter winner, has turned into the mentor of her team 
and is not afraid to hold teammates accountable. If you see something uh, on the floor or off the floor, she'll be vocal. She'll be the first one to open her mouth, and whether it's a senior or it's a freshman. So she's a very vocal leader, which is good to see. Cause we always say as a staff, we want coaches on the floor. And it means more to these girls when it's one of their teammates. So she's a very vocal leader, which is good for us. Part of being a leader is having others look up to you for guidance. And according to Coach Beckman, that is certainly the case for Lauren. I'll see some of these younger girls going to her and asking her questions, and they've told me numerous times they looked up to Lauren. While she is a very talented athlete, the senior is always looking to improve her game. Coach Beckman tells us about the extra work she put in during the summer. She spent a lot of time in the offseason working. She's worked on her outside game. She's worked on her handles, which is good to see. And she was the total package, I like to say. The work she put in the offseason is certainly showing in the first six games that we played. Another piece of that total package that her coach mentions is Lauren's interest in helping and working with kids. The Lady Bees paid a trip to an elementary school to read to children, and Lauren was a big part of that. But according to her mother, Carrie, that came as no surprise. She's really interested in children. Not only did she work with Coach Beckman in, in reading there, I also have a niece that is a kindergarten teacher, and she's also went to her class several times and read to them as well. She helps out when she can, and something she really gets a lot of fulfillment out of. Carrie Antelock also says that her daughter's work ethic is not just reserved for the court, as Lauren is also a very good student and perpetually on the honor roll. She's a pretty conscientious student, maintaining around a 3.7 average. She takes AP classes and honors classes. Last semester she had a 4.0, so really proud of it. Always on the honor roll and dean's list. Asked to sum up her daughter, Carrie remarked about the determination and down-to-earth persona that Lauren exhibits. Extremely proud of the young lady she's becoming. I think she's really driven, and she's a grounded 17-year-old who gets things done when she wants them done. Not only is Lauren Antelock a remarkable basketball player for East Fairmont, she is also an accomplished volleyball player, as evidenced by her Big Ten first team and All-State honorable mention accolades. She has used this volleyball prowess to secure a scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan to play volleyball, and she hopes to study to become a pediatrician, putting her love of children to good use. With the resolve to succeed and her assiduous nature, Lauren is set up well to attain those future goals. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan, and a good job as always on that. And congratulations to our standout athlete of the week, Lauren Antelock from East Fairmont High School. Let's go right back to the phones. Craig Dutton, WRRR, 93.9 radio. He is the voice of the St. Mary's Blue Devils. He's the voice of a lot of people up there. Craig, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thank you, Ryan, and especially though Joe uh, in there tonight. Uh, of course, that's what I do during football season. You're right. I, I shift over and do Tyler Consolidated, Peyton City, and I'll even do River, Ohio for football. And when basketball season comes around, there's not as much needed for football in the air, so I'll do public address for St. Mary's High School, and I really enjoy that. It's even better now since they've had that new high school built in the last few years. But early on this season, I, I think St. Mary's, they- they've, come- they've had a good week here, both in boys and girls basketball. Uh, the girls were humbled last week at the Ioga tournament. They had Wheeling Central and Gilmer County in both the um, first-round consolation games. Those are both teams I feel are the favorite in Class A to make the state tournament, um, at least out of their regions, respective regions. Again, Gilmer County still, I think, uh, still out of high from last year's uh, state championship over Huntington St. Joe's. And I heard you all say that Huntington St. Joe's won tonight, too. I think there's been an effort on their part to really beef up their uh, rosters this year. 
They've really done a lot in beefing up their schedule. Again, I think St. Joe's is still your favorite in Class A regardless, but St. Mary's is a team in the girls' basketball ranks. They're being led by Jordan Fox. Um, last night in their win over Parkersburg Catholic, she had 33 points, uh, and she's taken over that sole captain spot from Ashley Hall, who's now on Wheeling Jesuit. Uh, I think she's either been redshirted up there for the Jesuit squad. But Jordan Fox is now your leader on that St. Mary's Lady Devil squad. She's got good support by teammates Jenna Nichols and Kylie Buzzard. Both of them had well over uh, double-digit performances versus Catholic last night. And that was Catholic's first one-off. So they were able to get back on track as, as a girls squad. And boys this week have been really astounding, in my opinion, with two uh, road win, uh, actually, Going back to last week, the road win and the consolation is the Ioga in overtime over Tucker County. And this week with an overtime win at Williamstown, which they were down by eight points with just a couple minutes ago, they managed to get it back and tie it up and go in overtime. And they uh, start off the game with a 9-0 run to hold off Williamstown and defeat them by six earlier this week. And even more surprising, they took down a Ravenswood team by three points. They pretty much had control of the game. From the first period, it was just a matter of Ravenswood trying to hold on and coming back as a squad. And they have a really good team, Ravenswood, always, always do with under Mick Price. And for Mick Price early on this season, he's trying to make a statement with this, you know, with the crowded double A and single A classes, trying to, um, you know, trying to make a statement for themselves because with the classification changes, you have to be able to have everything right going into sectionals later on this year. Well, this is a ball club that, you know, and looking on, on the boys' side for St. Mary's, uh, yeah. winning the state championship in football. And, and we were talking earlier um, about how maybe the expectations weren't all that high for the early season for their boys' ball club, and they've, they've exceeded those to this point. They have. Mark, uh, he goes by Barney. Mark Barnhart uh, has really. Uh, was smart in how he did the schedule. He had Work County, I think, had Tyler Consolidated in the first week. If they had had those games scheduled, it would have been easily the uh, the week right after the state championship game. He moved those games later in the year. Work County and Tyler, I think, are now coming up. Uh, Tyler's next Friday at home, and then they'll have Work County on the road here in a couple more weeks, maybe right after the first of the year, New Year's. They are um, what they're going to do. What they did was they they had about a week. And he told me after that win with Ravenswood the other night, he just says it still feels like November for us because they just got their, their key skill players back and Will Billiter, Sam Kincaid, and Braden Barnhart. Braden Barnhart hadn't played varsity ball and basketball for two years. He had been a freshman on uh, Barney's squad two, three years ago. Now, this is an interesting story. Sam Kincaid also played football for a while. He quit. Braden Barnhart, who was on the wrestling team last year, had uh, quit midseason. I think the two of them got together. Braden told Sam, I will come out for basketball if you come out and play for football. So Sam Kincaid came out this year for football, and he was an outstanding defensive back. He had a couple interceptions in key games versus Fayetteville and um, Gilmer County early on in the playoffs. And Braden Barnhurst, the star uh, fullback for St. Mary's, came out for basketball this year. He's not doing a lot of scoring for the team, but he's a brute out on that floor. Something they needed after losing a, a number of seniors last year on that team. And allows guys like Will Billiter and Sam Kincaid to flourish. And they had 25 points for Kincaid uh, versus Ravenswood. Billiter had 18. In those games with Williamstown and Ravenswood, Will Billiter scored two double uh, scored a double double in each of those games. 
and they'll understand six foot three uh, compared to guys who he's up against all night. I think they matched him up with six foot seven Riley Hetherington and Stephen Dawson, who was six foot five. The Ravens were throughout that game. Craig, before we let you go, that's a yeah. very important story to share. And uh, since it's Festivus, we'll call this the airing of grievances. Um, when, when, when you were at West Virginia State and I was at Marshall University, uh, and yes. we, we played a pair of softball games, um, <laughs> the campus radio stations did, and, and we split those two games. And, yes. you know, my yes. competitive nature just says you can't just end in a tie. I think it was already taken care of after you left. <laughs> after I left doesn't matter, though. Like, I wasn't there. I know. Marshall was there, though, the next two years. I think they have a 3-1 lead on us after. I think after you graduated, Ryan. I can't, I can't accept that. You see, you, you see, the, the game at West Virginia State didn't go very well. We, we held home field pretty well, but we, 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 we struggled up there. But um, we I need to get the seven ranges radio guys. <laughs> Up against uh, the basketball Friday night crew, and I don't think we can play softball. There aren't enough of us, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. We got to break this tie. I think he's saying after you left, Ryan, things picked up for the Marshall side. I think that was the, the that's gist exactly of what he said, and I was getting away from that as fast as I could because he was correct. Hey, well, it, it worked out for him in the end. I will give him that. After I was gone, I think I came back a year after I graduated and helped fade out, and I still we had trouble against Marshall. I thought that was hilarious. We. But we still played the game. I always enjoyed them. They were fun. They, they, I, they, I, remember, I remember you setting them up, and it worked out really great. I enjoyed that through college. And like you said, with Seven Rangers Radio, the challenge is there. There would be a few guys on our staff that would be willing to give that a try, if it would be basketball or badminton or, or even table tennis. I was thinking bowling since we don't really move around a whole lot anymore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, hey, Craig, always a pleasure. Merry Christmas, man. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful evening. All right, you too. That's Craig Dutton, WRRR. He is uh, the voice of uh, many people along the the river, but um, mainly for St. Mary's football and then various other schools as well. He does a lot of good work. You go back a long way with a lot of people. You notice this? This I I just I I learn more and more every week. We just like I just like open the you know it's like opening the uh, curtain just a little bit more every week. Uh, you learn something a little bit new. But right now we're going to step aside, take a break. We'll come back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This tree was never chopped down. Because this crutch never needed to be carved. Because these legs never grew weak. Because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we are on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. Thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. 
Hey, Chris, late for swim practice, no? Uh, I decided it wasn't really my thing. But you liked swimming, and with your grades down last semester, at least it could help with college. Oh, some kid, Frank, came by. I knocked on your door, but you didn't answer. Hey, where are your new sneakers? Oh, I forgot them at school. Well, you seem to be forgetting a lot lately. The signs are there. So is our help. For advice on coping with teen drug use, visit the partnership at drugfree.org. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone with you. Happy to have you along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I want to put a call out there real fast. We, we are looking for four scores tonight. That's all we need, four scores. Sounds like the beginning of an Abraham Lincoln speech. But... Um, <laughs> Oak Glen, Steubenville, girls basketball. We're looking for that score. We're looking for Trinity and Bellsville, Ohio on the score. We're now we're down to three scores. So we just got one in. Uh, we're also looking for the Capital Sissonville girls game. We've got all the boys scores in. We're looking for those three girls games. And one of the reasons why we're kind of putting an extra push out there tonight is that uh, a little bit later on tonight, uh, Marcus Costantino is going to release our first power ratings. I'm going to let him explain that when we get that a little bit later on. But we're doing our first power ratings of the season. They'll be up on basketballnight.com. Um, that should in, in be a while. Yes. <laughs> and uh, like I said, he'll explain the, the, the reasoning behind it. He and I have – he's put in all the work and then just run it by me. And uh, truthfully, he's – think this is about as accurate as we can do to this point and not to sound like a college football playoff committee <laughs> spokesperson because i can't stand those people but um it's ba- remember it's based on what has been done to this point it's still early in the season so things will change but we're trying to get it accurate and you know what the thing about high school basketball is no matter how accurate it is teams still beat teams those are there are still upsets and those happen all the time. So you're not going to have a 100% predictor of outcome with these. And that's, that's not what they're meant for, though. We're meant to try to line them up and see who's had the best season to this point. Yeah, and uh, generate uh, some great discussion. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's interesting because Marcus does a great job, and uh, him and his crew have put those together. And it really gives a chance to look across the region and then do a little bit of comparison. And uh, I, I agree with you fully. Uh, you still got to play them. Uh, it's not on paper. And, Joe, I tell you, it does uh, do a lot to, to really generate interest. It, it does because, you know, especially the players and fans, the coaches probably don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. But the players and the coaches do. It's, it's, or the players and the fans do because it's, it's bragging rights. We're down to two scores we need now because we just learned that that capital Sissonville game has been moved to January 3rd. Yeah, Coach Skeen, nice enough to check in with us. And, uh, hey, greatly appreciate uh, that. I know. I appreciate him uh, Didn't he say out, he's so. always home watching the show every <laughs> Friday night? <laughs> like, Coach, how'd you do tonight? Just let us know. Uh, 
we, we yeah. definitely appreciate him. He, he's, he's one of those people that's been so helpful, um, not only to this show, but just any time that I've had to go up to Sissonville for anything. He's, he's been right there to make sure everything's taken care of. And um, It's good when you've got a, a central command one person who's in control to make sure that everything stays under control, and, and he does that. He does a great job with that. Uh, so we definitely appreciate that from him. But um, so yeah, we're looking for two scores. We're, we're still looking for the Oak Glen Steubenville Ohio girls score and the Trinity Bellsville Ohio score as well. And if you've got those scores, you can call us eight five five seven eight hoops. That's eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven. You can also visit basketballnight.com or you can tweet us at hoops underscore roundup to be a part of the program. And guys, we have a couple minutes here before we get to our next scoreboard up at the uh, the bottom of the hour. And uh, let's talk about that boys game though a little bit between Logan and Polka. Uh, Logan getting the win over Polka tonight at Willie Acres Arena, which is still going to be forever known as the Logan Fieldhouse. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no offense to Willie Akers. I mean, he <clears throat> definitely has earned having that arena named after him. I almost want to call it like Willie Akers floor at the Logan Fieldhouse. So it kind of seems like it has a little bit more uh, ring to it. But, I mean, he's earned every bit of, of what he has down there. But nonetheless, uh, Joe, that's a big win for Logan and for Coach Zach Green. Uh, that's a Logan ball club that have been struggling a little bit. They've been playing good teams, so it's not like they've been just uh, you know, sleepwalking. Yeah, but, they, they started off pretty hot, uh, ran into a couple of walls there. And, you know, when we talked to Coach Green last week, you know, a little frustrated. And, you know, one of their key players is is out with an injury too. So that that's kind of been a setback for them as well. But the uh, I get tickled because they call themselves the running Logan Wildcats. You know, the, uh, he wanted to put that uh, emphasis on that running Wildcats put the some excitement back in the program and, and he really has and those fans down have really caught fire and uh, back behind the uh, basketball program 100% like they have been in years past and Polka was so good in the Cardinal Conference Big Ten game I think a lot of people thought that that might be the one that exposed Polka and I won't say that they're exposed but I'll just say that you know that they had they had some significant losses I mean Elijah Coffey transferring to uh Liberty Christian Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia. He's already uh, signed to go to Liberty University. And then uh, Coach Alan Osborne retiring. And Derek Regal doing a good job. But, I mean, at the same time, like, that's a tough job to step into. Yeah, that's a tough job. We talked about that in the uh, first show of the year with some of the legendary coaches moving on and uh, storied programs such as Logan and Polka. And they're now conference foes. So that's something fans are going to get to enjoy twice a year uh, on the hardwood. And, of course, they play in football as well. But uh, I think Alan Osborne leaving, I, I just think you can't uh, overstate that. I think that uh, what he's meant to high school basketball in West Virginia, uh, you really couldn't talk about on a show just of this length. Uh, I saw uh, not too awful long ago they had a uh, kind of a get-together or something for some former players and things prior to – or they've scheduled one prior to one of their games. But uh, I got to coach against him on the boys' side when I was a boys' assistant coach and just uh, a lot of respect for him and what he's done for the game and just how he handled himself and his program. So Coach Ragel – uh, is going to do a good job, uh, but to say that losing Coach Osborne off the sidelines and Cuffey leaving, uh, this Polka team uh, is going to have some work to do, but they did get a big win in the, the Cardinal Big Ten shootout. But uh, that's a big win for Logan tonight, and I think that Cardinal Conference is going to be exciting 
in basketball going down the stretch, and they've now went to a north-south format, Joe. So some of these teams will only see each other once as far as conference play. They have the southern uh, teams, uh, the Wayne Scott, uh, Mingo, uh, Chapmanville. Those teams will play each other twice, and then the other side they'll just see them once. So kind of a different format this year. It really is. But real quickly, going back and talking about uh, Coach Osborne uh, retiring, you know, when you come in – follow a coach like that in that program that's a lot of pressure yeah. not only from the you know from the team but from the community you know and that, that's some big big shoes to fill just right off the bat well, not, even though he's been a part of that program and not to mention you know having a state championship and then a runner-up and then you're coming in with really some of those players still there they have had some key losses but you're right the expectation is set so high that uh it, it's pressure uh, to, i can't imagine your first year as the head coach of course coach regal's been there as an assistant it's a big difference. That that three feet you move from one seat to the other, and that's why if you ever watch us, I usually sit in the second seat because that way maybe they won't know who I am. But that uh, three feet brings with it a whole lot of responsibility. And um, you know, you, you talked about there, and they still have Luke Frampton, who's uh, the Davidson signee, uh, excellent, excellent basketball player. But uh, there's a lot more on his shoulders now than what there had been before. And you talk about moving that three feet. I think there's an argument to be made that it can be, I won't say easier, but less stressful to try to take over a program and build it than it is to maintain a power program that's honestly kind of still in the midst of a a good run. Power program. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think there's any question. it's a lot of work either way, but you're right. I think coming into a, a situation with low expectations where you're generating excitement is a lot different than kind of being on the mountaintop. And if it slips at all, you're the new guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, uh, again, I think Coach Ray will do a great job, but uh, I, we'd be uh, remiss not to say that there's a lot of pressure with that job. And back to your Cardinal Conference uh, quote you made a minute, minute ago, you know, in years past, the Cardinal Conference was probably more known for their football, and now it's kind of switched over a little bit more toward basketball especially this season mm-hmm. and that's and i wholeheartedly agree and that comes in a year where a cardinal conference team won the football championship that's right <laughs> and, and, they, and were just, they were just and they were just had everybody else out climbing they, 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 they were they were that good this year and uh, i don't think a lot of people realized that until they got to wheeling and uh and, and proved it because they played in Wheeling just like they had the remainder of the year. That wasn't a special performance. It was a special game, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything out of the norm for the way that that team played. And it's, I think you're also seeing that kind of carry into basketball. There were some expectations upon a team that only won two games last year. You had Jeremy Dillon, get a little infusion of talent. All of a sudden, ready to go. Well, I'm telling you what, uh, you get a talent uh, like Jeremy Dillon, I don't care if it's on the, the gridiron or uh, here on the hardwood, uh, major impact. I mean, no question about it. Obviously, Tug Valley uh, still a quality program there. Ed May, a great uh, friend of mine, a great coach at Tug Valley. Uh, now that Jeremy Dillon's at Mingo Central, it changes the landscape uh, in basketball as well as it did football, and they've already claimed a state title in football, so Mingo Central definitely on a high right now, but uh, when you have people moving around, no question, it makes a huge difference. You know, on top of Dylan, you got the Hatfield kid. It's a, just a freshman. You know, we talked about him some last week. So, you know, definitely a quality program here. So we'll step aside now, take a break. When we come back, we'll get you a scoreboard update as basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. If you remember poodle skirts, mini skirts, or bell bottoms, you're just the right age. Whether you listen to Bing Crosby or Chuck Berry. Or the Beach Boys, the Bee Gees, or the Beatles. We need your help. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you too can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Any age is the right age to donate the gift of life, and the need is great. Today, thousands of people are waiting for a transplant. But only one in three of us over the age of 50 is a registered organ donor. If we all registered, imagine how many lives we could save. How many families we could help. So whether you remember the first step on the moon or the last step of the hustle, take an important step today and learn more. Get the facts. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Did you know that many people who are infected with STDs show no symptoms? When left untreated, STDs can spread back and forth between partners. If your partner has recently been diagnosed with an STD, make sure you get tested too. Talk with your health care provider about STDs and testing. Visit gytnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. Remember, all STDs are treatable and most are curable. A message from CDC. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 10.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. That is Santa Claus bringing a bag full of scores for you right here on BasketballNight.com. Let's take a look at the boys' side. First, uh, Mountview, the Golden Knights, 85-46 over the Man Hillbillies tonight. The Cameron Dragons, 67-44 winners over Bridgeport, Ohio. Bishop Donahue, the Bishops, 74-53 over Steubenville Catholic. Oak Glen falls tonight by three. Toronto, Ohio, 56. Oak Glen, 53. Edison Local, 72-71 winner over Weir. Also tonight, John Marshall. The Monarchs, a 62-52 winner over Brook. Chapmanville, the Tigers, claim the Bob Runyon Championship Trophy tonight, 71-60 over a game Pikeview Panther team. Tucker County, the Mountain Lions, 60-54 winners over the Elkins Tigers. Hamrick for Elkins, 34 points tonight in that one. The Titans of Gilmer County, remember these Titans, 63-42 winners over Clay County. For Gilmer, Noah Aviles, 19 points tonight in the contest. Nitro, 59-56 winners over Herbert Hoover. Winfield falls tonight to Hurricane. That uh, score just rolling in. Hurricane, 51-44 winner 
over the Winfield Generals tonight. It was a purple out night in honor of Katie Cobb, a Winfield Middle student. We'll learn more about that a little bit later in the program. Logan, 52-50, a huge Cardinal Conference win over the Polka Dots in Willie Acres Arena tonight. The Mingo Central Miners, 61-42 winners over Lincoln County. The Battle of Parkersburg. The Big Reds, 93. Parkersburg High wins 93-58 over the Parkersburg South Patriots. Wheeling Park, 64-49 winners over the Preston Knights. Southern Ohio falls big to Ravenswood. The Red Devils, 87-38 winners over the Tornado. Point Pleasant gets a 62-47 win over River Valley tonight. Capital tops the century mark, 111-45 over Cabell Midland. And our final boys score tonight, GW. The Patriots fall to Wesley Christian. The name of the night, the Circuit Riders get a 72-63 to win as they ride past GW. Joe, you got to look at the girls' scores tonight. On the girls' side of the scoreboard, earlier today in the Smoky Mountain Classic, it was the Williamsburg Lady Jackets over the Tulsa Rebels. That score was 44-36. It was St. Joe, the Irish, over Tennessee High, 68-39. It was Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, over Tiger Valley Bulldogs, 53-41. It was the Lady Grizzlies of Nicholas County over the Braxton County Eagles, 63-34. It was Moorfield, the Yellow Jackets, over Strasburg, Virginia, 48-40. It was Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears, over the Lady Cardinals of Spring Mills, 56-37. It was the Lincoln County Panthers over the Nitro Wildcats, 51-34. And a close one, it was uh, Bealsville, Ohio, over the Trinity Warriors, 55-54. It was Buckhannon Upshurst over the University Hawks, 67-54. Hannah McClung had 20 points in that game. In a game we mentioned earlier, Capital and Sissonville, that game scheduled for tonight, has been postponed to January the 3rd. A couple more scores, finals tonight. It was uh, Mapleton PA over the 100 Hornets, 46-31. And it was the Roan County Raiders over the Lady Highlanders of Webster County, 75-46. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, guys. We're down to one score that we're still looking for. We're still looking for the Oak Glen, Steubenville, Ohio girls basketball game score. If you know that one, at hoops underscore roundup, get it to us. We want that. We want to hear the bell this week. We haven't heard the bell yet. And we want to hear it. And there's another bell we want to hear day after tomorrow, tomorrow night after midnight. Yes. Yeah. You know the, yeah. you know the Same, bell I'm talking yeah. about. We the, don't the want sleigh, to. Yes. The sleigh making, yes, a, yes. making a stop. And speaking <laughs> of ringing bells, though, our standout athlete of the week is uh, a girl who rings bells for the Salvation Army. She reads books to children at elementary schools. And she is our standout athlete of the week, a senior from East Fairmont High School, a four-year player for the Lady Bees, Lauren Antelock. She joins us now on the program. And Lauren, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Lauren, uh, your ball club uh, picking up a win over Weir last night and uh, uh, off to a good start this season at 4-2. and Tell me what it's like to put up with Coach Beckman. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we always have a good time. He jokes with us a lot, and sometimes we all fight, but at the end of the day, we're a family, and he cares for us like daughters, and 
we're all just one big family. And definitely uh, one of those uh, fortunate schools to have a, a, a coach who, who really puts a lot of time and effort into that program. But off the floor, you, you put a lot of time and effort into the community as well. How did you get started with the uh, ringing the bell for the Salvation Army? Um, Becca always wants us to get out there and get our names out there and get involved in the community. So he thought that would be a good way to do that. And it was definitely an awesome experience getting to help out and do whatever we can. And to read to elementary school students, I think sometimes we forget what it was like when we were in elementary school and to see someone that maybe we recognized or a high school athlete that that we'd heard about or whatever and them come to us and how much it meant. What did it mean to you to go read to those children? Um, it was definitely a humbling experience because I love kids. So, like, getting to see all their faces light up when we walked in was just, like, an awesome feeling. And you could just tell, like, when we were reading, their eyes were, like, wide open and they're really getting into it. Tell you what, Lauren, uh, Coach Brown here from Tulsa, and I agree with you. Coach Beckman, a great job. And uh, you've been really part of a, a building process there. That East Fairmont program is really on the upswing, and players like yourself have kind of been there uh, to see it through. How uh, proud are you uh, of what you all have been able to accomplish? And I know you have a lot of goals ahead of you, but uh, uh, the program itself is in great shape as well. Yeah, we definitely started off with, like, a rough start. But throughout the years, we put a lot of time in. A lot of the girls are giving a lot of effort, and we're just growing together as a team. And I can just tell, like, since we've played together for so long, that we just have a bond on the court that really, like, helps us play together. How much trouble is it to balance your schedule with, you know, ringing the bell for the Salvation Army, reading uh, stories to children in grade school, and, and playing basketball on top of your normal everyday schoolwork? Um, it's definitely tough. It's a really busy schedule, but... If you love something, you always try to make time for it. And usually during basketball season, it's all just basketball. Uh, and you'll be heading to West Virginia Wesleyan, correct? Correct. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting into uh, the college side of things. And that, that was a volleyball um, signing, correct? Yep. All right. So uh, <laughs> sometimes I, I think we see this a lot, too. But transitioning skills from volleyball to basketball and, and, and vice versa, uh, how have you been able to take things that you learn on one court and transition them to uh, help you out on, on the other court as well? Well, with going from volleyball to basketball, a lot of like blocking timing helps, I guess. It's like when somebody goes to shoot, I know how to time it right so I could block the ball without getting a foul. And then with basketball, the footwork. So, like, if I get a hit in volleyball, it makes my footwork a lot faster. Well, Lauren, we congratulate you on being this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. And uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And I know that uh, you and Coach Beckman and the, the crew up at East Fairmont off to a good start. And we wish you guys the best of luck for the remainder of the season as well. Thank you. That's Lauren Antelock of East Fairmont High School, our Standout Athlete of the Week. You know, she was just talking about timing of blocks and then making sure that she didn't foul. You know, that's a perfect segue <laughs> to our next caller. He is our resident referee. Bo Anderson is on the phone with us right now. Bo does not get an intro this week. There we go. Yep. There we go. Couldn't miss that. This was, I, was, I was kind of waiting on it because I, sometimes we kind of trick our audio guys a little bit with uh, our audio folks a little bit with who we're bringing on. But hey, Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Yeah, that right there, that whistle was a delay of game warning right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't put you on hold too long this time. 13 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the other night, you, you, I thought I was going to have to play Elizabeth. I'm coming to join you. <laughs> <laughs> I got an answer. Rick wasn't around for it. As soon as they put me on hold, you put me on the air. I couldn't believe it. I was, like, stunned for about 10 seconds. Well, <laughs> so so you picked up on what was different last week and why you got through was that Rick wasn't here, right? <laughs> well, you know, and, of course, you know, I check out the show. You know, sometimes I watch it. And, and the, the week before when Rick was there, he was telling me that he, used, he was telling you guys he used to guard me in high school. And I guess I had to complain about the officials. He fouled me every time. <laughs> <laughs> he fouled me. Uh, Bo, um, anything that you've come across this week that would maybe uh, be something that not a lot of people would be aware of on the basketball floor from a rule standpoint? Yeah, I had a, I had a play the other night. i got a couple of things that I can talk about. Uh, one is I had a play the other night in the game, and uh, – this is a legal play, and a lot of people don't know it again. You know, it goes back up to your pickup rules and your uh, uh, fans' manual rules on page 1,200. You know, all that good stuff comes in with this. But a uh, player went after a loose ball and saved the basketball, and his momentum carried him out of bounds. And then he comes back inbounds. And he's the first one to get the basketball, and that's a legal play. And, of course, I've got people, oh, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can. It is a legal play. All you have to do is have something touching inbounds with nothing touching out of bounds, and you can be the first to get the basketball after being out of bounds. And the only time that's a violation, you're not allowed to – intensely run out of bounds and then run back in bounds and that that's kind of for the like the play like uh you know maybe they set up a play where they're going to try to run somebody along the end line and they run out of bounds all the way across the back end or they delay getting in bounds on a play and then the only other time that's illegal is when you're dribbling you can't dribble and then dribble around somebody and let the ball hit the ground and run out of bounds around them and get back in and continue to dribble but on a save, that's a legal play. No matter what anybody says, that's a legal play. You're allowed to do that. And, uh, you know, of course, again, you get, you know, you know, everybody wants, because something looks funny or they've gotten in an argument with a pickup game, everybody wants the, the uh, what they think is the correct call. But, uh, you know, in some cases it really isn't the correct call. The correct call is what's actually uh, and Federation's rule book, and that's legal. Um, that's one play I want to touch on. Um, and another thing I like to touch on tonight, I still have trouble sometimes. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times. Now, I haven't had it in my games yet, but I have seen it. Where the official scorekeeper does not have the striped shirt on. That is a rule <laughs> requirement. They must wear the striped shirt, and I've never seen anything, you know, like it where, you know, some of them, they, you know, they'll give an excuse, but they've got to wear it. And what they, what they, what people don't understand is, okay, you're not wearing it, you don't get penalized, but the officials, uh, I've known a situation somewhere where officials didn't have it, and someone from one of the head offices come in, 
and tournament games got taken from them because they come in and said, hey, what happened to your striped shirt on your official score tonight? They don't understand it gets the officials in trouble whenever the bookkeeper does not have the striped shirt on. And all they got to do is watch a video and say, hey, wait a minute, I don't see striped shirts over there and see who's officiating the game or call and see who signed the books, and then there, you know, you're stuck. So, you know, sometimes we're the bad guys, but we're the bad guys for a purpose. Um, and, you know, until they make that a change, it is a requirement. And that, that, that's one issue that we're having is, you know, not everybody wants to put the striped shirt on. Well, hey, guess what? We do it the whole time. Hey, hey, Bo, uh, Coach Brown here, and I'd love to put a striped shirt on, by the way. Uh, thought about wearing one under a blazer one time, but thought I'd get teed up for uh, for uh, making it, <laughs> for making mockery game. Bo, here's something for you that I encountered this week. It was actually out of state. I know there's a lot of rules that are National Federation rules, and this was just something of interest that you could maybe confirm or, or let us know the exact application. It was to our benefit. We had a, a girl that uh, got credited with a foul. She didn't commit. The officials consulted. Uh, the other book was the home book. They gave it to one of our girls, and then later on, I thought this was really neat. It was like one of the commercials you see with sportsmanship. Later on, the discussion continued, and they actually, one of their coaches asked one of their players, and the foul was actually on one of their girls, and they got the number wrong and applied it to our team. They corrected in the book. I guess my question for you was, at what point after an event occurs can you go into the book and either move a foul or give it to someone else as long as you got something to verify it? Well, on a, on a on a mistake like that, you can actually that that can happen. That that's that's uh, that's an officials or a bookkeeping mistake. Uh, as far as that goes, that can be corrected if the officials end up having knowledge and figuring out what happened. Okay, they can correct that. It's it's not like a correctable error. Now, a correctable error is four of them involve free throw shooting, which would be shooting when you're not supposed to, or you're not supposed to and you shoot. And then the other two parts of that's the wrong player shooting or at the wrong basket. And then the other part of the correct player, four of them are free throws. And then one involves area honestly counting or canceling goal. Those five errors can only be corrected. You have to have a live ball, clock started, dead ball, get that thin. But those other things, mistakes, if you're, if you're aware and you, you know, you end up figuring out, wait a minute. Um, I did. I didn't. That's not the foul I meant to have. That's not the number I meant to have. You can straighten that out if you've got knowledge uh, that that you can do that. If your partner's helping you out, and uh, you know, again, we're all human. Uh, you know, we we make mistakes on uh, sometimes on fouls. You know, people don't realize how much how many numbers and stuff that officials have to. You know, you're out there and you've got five second count, then another five second count. 10 second count, five seconds inbound. You get a lot of counts and a lot of numbers, and then you get a fouler and a shooter. Sometimes they forget to tell you that they're in one and one or two shots on the 10th. And, uh, you know, so you got a lot of numbers and stuff to remember as an official. And sometimes, you know, we, we do make errors, but yeah, you can get that straightened out, Joe. That, that's something you can straighten out if you realize that you reported that on the wrong person. Uh, you can correct that. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, we always appreciate hearing from you. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you again next week. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Chris Kidd, WBOW Radio. You have the Bob Runyon Memorial Tournament and Christmas wish list. Yeah. Talk about that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 years old, and I work at a graphic design company, which is funny, because I couldn't even draw a stick figure when I was a kid. But I met someone who told me, you know what? You can do anything if you really want to. And if the teenage me were here, she'd tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for big brothers, big sisters. Most kids from my neighborhood don't get into art. They get into trouble. But I was lucky because my big sister showed me early on that I didn't have to be like most people. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this eight-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. And that can last a lifetime. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. I got smart about mortgages. Now it's my house I go home to. I got smart about credit cards. Now paper or plastic has a whole new meaning. When it comes to your money, whatever you want to get smart about, you can find it at smartaboutmoney.org. Smartaboutmoney.org is a free online resource from the National Endowment for Financial Education. We're an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to helping people just like you get sound information about money. Smartaboutmoney.org. It's the easy place to start when you want to get smart. Nearly all victims of shaken baby syndrome suffer serious health consequences, and at least one out of every four babies who are violently shaken dies from this form of child abuse. Anyone, from parents to caregivers to bystanders, can do something to help. Tell everyone about the dangers of shaking a baby and what to do if they become angry, frustrated, or upset. Visit www.cdc.gov injury to learn about shaken baby syndrome and ways to prevent it. A message from CDC. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.52 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. Happy to have you along on the program as we head toward the third hour of the program, which will start in about eight minutes from now. But before we do that, we want to talk more about the Bob Runyon tournament tonight at Chapmanville High School. Chapmanville defeating Pikeview. 71 to 60 in that tournament. Also in the consolation game earlier tonight, Mount View defeated Man 85 46. Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, had the call tonight. And Chris, from a Chapmanville standpoint, the Tigers getting a nice victory over a Pike View team that had some high expectations coming into this season. Yeah, Pikeview's actually a very dangerous team. I mean, if you look at just uh, what they've been able to do early on in the year, I mean, they took Westside right down to the wire. Uh, first game against Bluefield wasn't that close, but the second game was a big shootout. So coming into that game, you knew this was a team that could get hot really quick. But they really had a setback in the third quarter. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Kyle Browning, they got into a bit of a scuffle, and Boyd picked up the personal and the technical foul. So he had to go to the bench with four fouls just 70 seconds into the third period. And that allowed Chapmanville to really open things up. But every time Chapmanville got out to a big lead, Pikeview would slim it down. And uh, at one point, Chapmanville led by as much as 18. But Pikeview cut it down to six. They had it down to one a few times in the first half. But, you know, Chapmanville's just got a lot of experience, uh, as does Pikeview. But 
Uh, again, this is a Chattanooga club that really hit their stride about middle of the year last year, almost upset Poke in the state tournament. And You know, they're playing with a lot of confidence, but Brad Napper even said in the post game that uh, he can't really seem to get 32 minutes out of them right now, that they lose their focus a lot. And, you know, that's still something that he wants to work on. But uh, considering the schedule they've had out of the gate, I mean, four and one's uh, pretty good for Chattanooga, especially with the uh, section that they're in now. Hey, Chris, this is Joe Linville. Uh, last night I had to call the man Pikeview game in that first game uh, last night. But that Brookman kid from Pikeview, he, he, he's a brute. How did he uh, stand out against Chapmanville tonight? Well, he only had seven points on the game. Yeah, I mean, that kid's 6'6", 280 pounds. Right. I, mean, I could have posted him up, but, you know. Uh, but so the, they uh, they did a number on him tonight with Hunter Neal at 6'7", and uh, Obina and Chile Killen uh, came in, and uh, they had about nine or ten block shots combined tonight. And Brookman just never really got going in the game. Best Todd Best was the one that really hurt Chapmanville tonight with uh, twenty points. But uh, on the inside, it's just going to be tough for any team to really dominate down low against Chapmanville with uh, Neil and Obina guarding the rim the way they do. And Chris Chapmanville will head to Daytona. <laughs> do you get to do that? Do you get to go with them? No. that's when the boss has already said no i've lobbied for two weeks with brad i was like i'll do do cowboy duties i'm like williamson behind he doesn't help you that much anyway (laughs) i say he's only your leading scorer what do you need him for but yeah they're they're gonna leave me behind in the cold weather for that one but uh you know we talked about that a little bit after the game and i think it's a big uh, big deal for them i mean logan has been able to go there a lot they're another county team in this area uh, or they've been able to go to a lot of different tournaments over the years, and Chapmanville's never really done anything like that. So uh, it gives them a little bit more national exposure, gives some of their players a chance to maybe bond on a road trip with each other and uh, just get a chance to experience some top competition from some other states against some other teams too. And I think it'll be good for them. I mean, the Lord only knows what they'll do down there against some of these teams, but I think they're all looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do a better job of lobbying next year, Brad, or actually buying the Christmas gift for once. Or maybe be a little nicer to Jay, even. Jay, I'm Jay. I'm fine with Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really, I'm not. I don't He's know about, the GM that at the radio station. That so. almost didn't sound convincing. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris. Though we always enjoy getting to talk to you. And uh, again, Chris has blamed me for being in radio along the way. He used to work with me at WMUL. It was. It was it was you. I mean, uh, you know, you guys uh, kept me on. Uh, I don't know why you kept me on the air, but you kept me on the air. <laughs> there, and uh, you guys showed me a lot of the ropes, and uh, I, I never forget that. I always appreciate what you did for me up there, Ryan. Hey, always a pleasure, and always a pleasure to get to talk with you, Chris. Have a merry Christmas. Yeah, merry and Christmas. We look forward to speaking with you again soon. Oh, you guys too. All right, it's Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, voice of the Chapmanville Tigers. We'll do the the Christmas wish list after the break here because we're run out of time. But again, Joe, I'm. I've worked with just about everybody and around there at some point or another, it seems like, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, Chris, and Chris, I mean, you know, he, he just the life of the party, you know. So. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, Chris, Chris did a great job when he was at WMUL. We just couldn't quite always get him to focus on this instead of, you know, schoolwork. What was, what was that about? What was, was you there for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia, hour three after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Remember, Billy has his first baseball game today. I'll be there. What mess for the world. Hey, Mike. 
watch out for vehicles today because we weren't able to close off all traffic for the stretch of road we're resurfacing today. Tis the season for roadway construction, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, on average, negligent drivers cause 115 fatal occupational injuries at road construction sites per year. So, when you come across the orange cones and flashing lights, remember to slow down. Let's make certain our construction workers get home safe, so Mike can catch Billy's first baseball game. Hey, Dad! You made it! You made it! You made it! Keep your eye on the ball. This safe driving message has been brought to you by your friends at WMUL-FM. Would you believe that someone could go in for cancer treatment and end up infected with hepatitis C? I'm Evelyn McKnight, and that's what happened to me. Because a healthcare worker reused a syringe during my chemotherapy. This should never happen, but in fact thousands of people have been exposed to serious infections because of unsafe injections. Don't let it happen to you. Learn what questions to ask your healthcare provider to protect your health or even save your life. To find out more, go to oneandonlycampaign.org. Do it today. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Just two days until Christmas. Can't wait. (laughs) And it is, of course, Festivus. Also, we don't want to forget the the rest of them. Festivus, for the rest of us, as uh, Frank Costanza used to say, we do have the Festivus pole back here right next to the Christmas tree. So uh, we're, we're... we're spare celebrating. No ex- we spare no expense. No. You know, that, that pole was expensive, I'm sure. It's probably the most expensive <laughs> thing back there. But uh, nonetheless, we know you're here to get scores. We're with you until midnight. And we've got a whole lot to do in this little 15-minute window that we're going to work on right now. So let's jump right into it. Coach Marone, you have the boys' scores. Looking for scores. Look no more. It is Santa coming uh, in his sleigh full of scores. And here we go on the boys' side. The Man Hillbillies fall to Mount View, 85-46, the Golden Knights win. The Cameron Dragons, 67-44 winners over Bridgeport, Ohio. Bishop Donahue, the Bishops, 74-53 winners over Steubenville Catholic. Toronto, Ohio, the Red Knights defeat Oak Glen, 56-53. The Weir Red Riders fall to Edison Local out of Ohio 72 to 71 the Chargers get the win. John Marshall 62 to 52 winners over Brook. Chapmanville wins the Bob Runyon uh, championship tonight. They defeat Pikeview 71 to 60 and the Elkins Tigers fall to Tucker County. The Mountain Lions get a 60 to 54 winner in that one. The Gilmer County Titans 63 to 42 winners over Clay County. 
Nitro defeats Hoover 59-56. The Hurricane Redskins 51-44 winners over Winfield tonight. Logan, a big win at Willie Acres Arena, 52-50 over the Polka Dots. Lincoln County falls to the Mingo Central Miners. Mingo Central 61, Lincoln County 42. Parkersburg gets the big win in the Battle of Parkersburg. The Big Reds 93, Parkersburg South 58. Wheeling Park 64-49, winners over Preston. The Ravenswood Red Devils roll over Southern Ohio. 87-38, the Red Devils on top. River Valley, Ohio falls to Point Pleasant, 62-47. Point Pleasant with the win. Capital, 111. Cabell Midland, 45. And Wesley Christian, the circuit riders, get a 72-63 win over the GW Patriots. And, Joe, you got to look at the girls' side. Yes, sir. It was the Roan County Raiders over the Lady Highlanders of Webster County, 75-46. It was Mapleton from PA over the 100 Hornets, 46-21. It was Buckhannon Upshur, the Buccaneers, over the University Hawks, 67-54. It was Bealsville, Ohio, over the Trinity Warriors, 55-54. It was the Lincoln County Panthers over the Lady Wildcats of Nitro, 51-34. It was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears over Spring Mills, 56-37. It was the Lady Yellow Jackets of Moorfield over Strasburg, Virginia, 48-40. It was Nicholas County over the Lady Eagles of Braxton County, 63-34. The Tigret Valley Bulldogs fell to the Notre Dame Fighting Fighting Irish, 54, or correction, 53-41. In the Doc Maples Invitational Championship, it was St. Joe over Tennessee High, 68-39. And it was the Lady Tulsa Rebels falling to Williamsburg, uh, Kentucky, 44-36. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. Marcus Constantino joins us now. Marcus is instrumental behind the scenes with the program. And this year we're making a little bit more of a grand reveal, as you're in the Christmas spirit, by the way, uh, a grand reveal of our uh, rankings and our ratings. It's not rankings, it's a rating because it's based on a formula. And uh, Marcus, you want to go over that with us a little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, last year we introduced the uh, BasketballNight.com Power Ratings. Uh, Great reviews on it. You know, it's uh, just, uh, you know, we don't put too much thought into it. Of course, it's computer generated. We want it to be fun and entertaining. And uh, so what we've done this year is we've we've made a few changes to it, as you were uh, alluding to before. Um, This year, uh, what we're doing is we're actually throwing out uh, any out-of-state game or any games against uh, non-WVSSAC teams, uh, we're throwing that out of the data before we run the power ratings. And so basically we're uh, using the same you know, secret sauce, the same formula. Uh, we're just throwing out any out-of-state games. And uh, what that does, uh, without getting too far down into the weeds, it's uh, just going to help our formula uh, figure out the strength of schedule and uh, you know, the different uh, numbers that it calculates. Uh, it's going to make it do that a little bit better and uh, give us some better numbers and uh, we're actually going to have that uh, right now well and the reason we we kicked out those out of state let me explain and i'll explain in a little bit more depth here to do that and for it to be absolutely fair you would have to have the schedules of all of the out-of-state opponents you would have to have the results of the opponents of those out-of-state opponents and you would also have to have their schedules so Mm -hmm. you're talking about 
almost tripling the size of our da- uh, database mm-hmm. just to cover those out-of-state schools, and that's that's not mm-hmm. that's not reasonable. That, that's to do it right. You know, we would need uh, all of that data, probably tens of thousands of games, uh, to make that work. And so, rather than go out and find the tens of thousands of games, uh, we're instead of you know building up our data, we're going to cut it down. And uh, I, I think that's going to do you know just as good because in the end, um, what are you playing for? You're playing for championship and for playoffs. And uh, when you're doing that, you're only going to be playing against uh, West Virginia teams anyways. Yes, and so the uh, first basketballnight.com power rating set to go live. Yeah, uh, they'll be live in just a few minutes, but you're going to hear it here first. And uh, this is live radio. I haven't even had time to print them out yet. They're right here on the computer screen, starting in girls basketball. The uh, first basketballnight.com power ratings uh, for AAA of the year. South Charleston uh, ranked first. Huntington, um, a close second. Buchanan Upshur, the Buccaneers, uh, coming in at number three in the power ratings. Uh, Parkersburg coming get at number four and Greenbrier East rounding out uh, the top five in AAA as we move over to girls AA North Marion uh, coming up on top in first place Winfield uh, number two uh, the Bluefield Beavers Uh, we heard from coach Malamachi earlier today in at number three um, Frankfurt coming in at number four and then the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears uh, rounding out the top five in girls double A. We'll move over to girls single A where we have St. Joe at number one, Willing Central number two, Tucker County in third place, the Tulsa Rebels in fourth place, and Magnolia in fifth place. And so that's the girls' um, first power ratings of the season. And before you get into anything else, and the boys will be released next week, correct? The boys we have right now. Oh, we're gonna, oh yeah, okay. We yeah. have those right now. All right, and I do want to explain this as well. These power ratings are for what has been done to this point. These are not predictors at this mm-hmm. point. This is this is based on basically mm-hmm. two weeks of games. And this is also yeah, it's based on two weeks, uh, three it's weeks what, what of games. What you've done so far, yes. not what you're projected to do. And we also kick out any teams that don't have two games versus SSAC opponents. So um, that's just to give us a starting point. That's right. So uh, some of your teams, I know Martinsburg is one example. Uh, they're not going to show up in the power ratings yet, but um, obviously as the season goes on, they play more games against in-state opponents. Uh, uh, they'll start to show up that doesn't mean that they're doing so poorly that they're not in the ratings that just means we don't have enough uh you know to rate them with yet all right and uh also like beckley for instance has only played one game right so how can you judge them at this point (laughs) yeah and i mean it's always you know you got to strike a balance between you know having enough games to go ahead and do the ratings uh you know versus waiting halfway through the season and uh you know we wanted to go ahead and uh and get these out there so people you know can see them you know see where people are at um uh you know with the caveat that uh, we're going to have a few teams that might not show up until a few more weeks so are you ready to do the boys yeah let's do the boys uh the first basketballnight.com power ratings for boys triple a uh capital coming in um at the top uh 
in first place. Morgantown, the Mohegans in second. Greenbrier East in third place. South Charleston coming in at number four. And University rounds off the top five in the BasketballNight.com Boys AAA Power Ratings. Going into AA, Fairmont Senior at the top number one. Bluefield uh, coming in at number two. Mingo Central uh, takes the number three spot in AA. Westside. Uh, comes in at number four. And the Polka Dots um, are number five in the BasketballNight.com Boys AA Power Ratings. And in single A for the boys, Wheeling Central coming in at number one. Fayetteville uh, takes number two. Bishop Donahue is number three. Notre Dame comes in at four. And St. Mary's rounds out the BasketballNight.com Power Ratings number five in single A. So there is your initial set of power ratings and marcus we always look forward to this uh, every week i know you've put a whole lot of time into tweaking this formula getting the games in and um but we we experimented with this formula backtracking to, to last, last year, year after the season was over mm-hmm. and and does it give you a 100 percent? this will be your state champion no because no. You play games for a reason. And every week it gets better. You know, you play more games. You see where people are at. And uh, and the numbers adjust accordingly and so we're we're not trying to be fortune tellers right uh we're just telling you this is how things are right now and uh you know anything could happen next week and and that's why you keep doing them again and again we felt that this formula when we used it looking back on last year after all was said and done held up i thought i thought it looked Mm -hmm. very good i thought it looked very I thought I thought it improved our formula by kicking those out of state games out. Mm-hmm. I think you uh, did a fantastic job with this, and not just because you work for this program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how it uh, you know continues doing things the rest of the season. So continue to check out basketballnight.com. Those will be online and live shortly on the set. Marcus, thank you so much. And Joe, anytime you get a chance to uh, compare teams. In a state that is as geographically <laughs> as spread out as, as West Virginia is, it's, it's a challenge. And, and sometimes you almost have to go to something of a computer-based ranking to try to be fair to all involved. I totally agree. I mean, you've got you know Martinsburg over in the Panhandle. Uh, you've got you know your Parkersburg teams. You've got your Fairmont teams at North. You've got you know your Logans and your Mingo Centrals in the South, and it in the Bluefields and the Princetons on top of that. And it is. It's hard. You know when these teams you know are so spread out, and you said you know we're so geographically challenged. It, it makes it tough. All right, so we're two days before Christmas, and uh, I'm not going to hit all these at once here. We'll, we'll let we'll let you work on yours for a little bit here, Coach Rowe. We know that you were on the on the uh, basketball night jet back from Tennessee with the limo service back from the airport to get here in time. So I know you've been relaxing a little bit instead of having to think a whole lot. But Joe. Christmas wish list for high school basketball this year. Real quick, you didn't see Coach Marone do the cartwheel back there when he, when he heard the power ratings on the uh, <laughs> single-A girls. I got tickled. Yeah. Anyway, I'll give you my first one. And the Skyhawks are struggling this year, you know, and everybody knows I'm, I'm the Skyhawk fan uh, through and through. But my first wish is a 6'8 transfer standout basketball player for the Skyhawks. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, student athletes, uh, student athletes rather, dedicated to the school district that they actually live in. Number three, non-public schools have their own division. No eyebrows floating there. 
<laughs> no, that's definitely a, a one that's been kicked that's, around. It has been in the past. It uh, and used to there was a Catholic school division. That I mean, they had the Catholic school tournament. They actually held it at the old Huntington uh, Veterans Memorial Fieldhouse. It was replaced by the St. Joe Invitational, which the Fieldhouse is gone, the SJI is gone now, all, all that great history, you know, gone. But, but now there's a lot of other private schools, not not just the Catholic schools across the state as well. Right, and and and, and I think it's interesting that. Um, you know, we we were talking with with Craig Dutton earlier, and uh, you know, some schools when they need to get better, they go get better, recruit. They go get better. <laughs> I'm not saying. And to defend a, right. uh, to defend the private schools, their money and their funding, they don't get state funding. Right. They have to have people in the seats. They have to recruit students now the overwhelming number of athletes that happen to be among the students who would transfer into a school that don't go through the, the feeder middle schools and things, uh, definitely something that raises eyebrows. And, uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. It, 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 it makes it difficult for everyone when there are just different rules that apply um, across the way. Okay, I got one more, and uh, then we'll let you guys share yours. Uh, the, the, the WVSSAC should require schools to keep uh, require them to keep stats on file and distribute to the media on game night or when requested. Uh, and, and here I want to say hats off to so many schools that do have uh, volunteers that are dedicated to keep statistics. I mean, when you roll into a school and your opposing team comes in and hands you the stats for your, you know, your game prep, totally awesome. Uh, a lot of our fellow broadcasters uh, keep track and will share stats. My hat's off to them. But there's some schools you just – you go into and, there, and there's no stats available, and it makes it very, very tough. And I don't know how they, they track their school records and so forth as well when somebody sets, you know, breaks a scoring record or, or sets a new, you know, time in track and field. You know, are these times really kept, you know, legitimate? That's a very good question and a very good point, too. And uh, like you said, I, I, I've been fortunate um, making the, the rounds, doing games, um, mostly football, but just any, any sport that I've had to do. You, you're able to find people at each school, right. and kind of you actually befriend them. You become friends with them over over time, and you're able to share information back and forth. And it really helps a whole lot to be able to do that. We'll, we'll let Coach Marone get his Christmas wish list in a moment. Yeah, and I might even have one. Who knows? <laughs> we'll all do all that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Hey man, I like that jacket. Thanks. I worked overtime to save up the money to get it. I know you did, man. I barely saw you last month. But look, it's getting cold out here. Let's head to the bus stop. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. Look at that guy over there. I know he has to be cold. It's been snowing all day, man. I'd hate to be him. Who? That homeless guy? Yeah, but there's the bus, man. We need to hurry up. Go ahead. I'll be there in a sec. I need to do something first. Sir. Excuse me. Sir. Here's a coat for you, sir. You need it more than I do. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. How can I repay you? That's not necessary, sir. But I'm late for the bus. You have a nice day. When selfishness ends, everyone wins. Kindness. Pass it on. 
This message is brought to you by your friends at 88.1 WMUL-FM. Hello, my name is Jeffrey, but people in this town call me Maniac. They call me that because I'm the fastest runner in town. But just because everyone knows who I am doesn't mean I belong. I don't really belong anywhere. You see, I'm an orphan, and I wander the streets just looking for a place that I can truly call home. My name is Maniac McGee, and I'm all alone. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Hey. Oh, d- hey, Deb. I thought you were the radon test guys. The who test guys? Didn't you see the papers Sunday? The Surgeon General issued another lung cancer warning. Oh, like the cigarette warning? Yeah. They're saying we have to get our houses tested for radon. I don't smell any radon in my house. Oh, that's because radon is an odorless, colorless, tasteless gas that seeps into your house from underground. Does this story have a happy ending? Yeah. You'll be a lot happier once you get your house tested. Learn more. Visit the EPA at epa.gov radon. That's epa.gov radon. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The fastest three hours in radio. We're with you till midnight. I mean, guys, we are literally an hour, like 40 (laughs) minutes away from the show wrapping up. And, I mean, this show's already flying by. And the next to last show of 016, so uh, it's, it's, it's something else. It is the fastest three hours in radio. Again, if you want to give us a call, the number 855-784-HOOPS. That is 855-784-6677. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Also visit basketballnight.com. You can get all the scores and all the updates from there as well. We'll get back to the phone lines in a moment, but before we do that, Coach Marone, your Christmas wish list. Christmas wish list. Actually, uh, naughty and nice list. Uh, you know, taking a page out of my good friend St. Nick. And uh, first off, uh, best wishes to uh, some new coaches, Coach Ragel, Coach Logan, uh, Logan's Coach Green, and Summers County Girls Coach Sarah Bevins. All three of those coaches taking over for Legends. I wish for them to have long, successful careers as they follow in the footsteps of some giants that have left the sideline. Also, on a more serious note, I, I, I wish for the flood victims a safe and prosperous 2017. We know this past year has been uh, traumatic for many of them, still uh, dealing with the problems from that. I wish a bright future for Basketball Friday night uh, uh, for everyone associated with it and all of our friends out uh, across the state that help us. And on the naughty list, there's only one name there. And he knows it's coming. I wish for Bo Anderson to find in his stocking a whistle with multiple P's or the ability to call multiple fouls at one time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my list for this year. (laughs) I say this with all due respect, and and, and, and I'm fully joking here, but I expect Bo to one day officiate a game that ends up in a one-on-one battle at the end because there's no one left for either team. Everybody if you, if you ever know he's going to call one of your games, let me know. I'll make the trip to Tulsa or wherever. Well, I, made, to watch I, I showed my age saying peas in the whistle. They did away with that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. If he could call more than one foul at once, I wish that he would have the tool to do so. Hey, a lot of fun there. and uh, I'll, get you, I'll, I'll get to my wish list in a, in a few moments. But first, I want to go back to the phone lines. The Paw Paw Pirates are 4-0 and on this season. And uh, wins over Union, 
over Northern Garrett, Maryland, over Lighthouse Christian Academy out of Maryland, and over Hancock, Maryland. Head coach of the Pirates is Steve Moreland. He joins us now on the program. And first off, Coach Moreland, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, thank you, sir. Paul Paul High School is known for the DeLauder family and for the success of the basketball program at the turn of the century with Josh DeLauder, who was the state's all-time leading scorer. But 4-0 on the season this year, off to a good start. And uh, tell me about the, uh, the community there in Paul Paul, how they, they're receiving this team that is playing so well early on in the season. Well, um, they're starting to uh, come back, the community – We've had a couple down seasons, um, but uh, this year I think the community's recognizing that uh, Paul Paul basketball's back. So um, they're coming out and embracing us, and it's going to be a pretty good season for us, I think. And more people start finding their way up Route 9 as the season goes along as, uh, also. And, um, you know, we talked about Paul Paul and, and those those runs under with the DeLauders, and yeah. Um, you know, Paul Paul's, as you know, obviously, small school in a rural area, kind of separated away a little bit in, in many respects from uh, it, within the state of West Virginia. Um, and such a small drawing area, small school, too. How do, how do you keep, uh, I guess the question here is, with a school as small as what Paul Paul is enrollment-wise, does that make these types of seasons? And I mean, again, it's very early on, but just this type of start, even does that make it a little more special? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, actually, it makes it really special. Um, I think this is the best start we've had since I've been coaching. Um, but it does; it makes it really special. I mean, we we always have good athletes usually, um, but it's far in between having a whole team that's. Um, good athletes we usually have one two maybe three but having the whole team be able to produce it's something special well, Paul Paul is the fifth smallest school in the state with an enrollment of 65 9 through yep. 12 and that sounds familiar to some people who may have watched like Hoosiers I mean do you kind of feel like a real like the the West Virginia version of of Hickory High School, the fictional school from uh, from the movie Hoosier sometimes? No, sometimes, yes. Sometimes we do, uh, especially when we go, you know, and play uh, bigger schools and stuff. It, it does make you feel like that. Yes, it does. I, think, I enjoy it, though. Oh, absolutely. And to me, Paul Paul is a very special community as well because you, you look at the schools, like, and, and Harmon is right there as well. Harmon, Union. Paul Paul, these very small public schools that are under 100 students. Actually, all of those are under 70 students, 9 through 12, and yet they field programs. And we talk about the limited enrollment, and that makes it that much more difficult in any sport. But we'll, we'll talk basketball clearly. Um, it's tough to get five kids to kind of have a complete team in terms of a, a center, a point guard, a shooting guard. I'm guessing you're having to have kids kind of flex through several positions. Yeah, um, I got multiple kids that, that do do that. Um, truly, we don't really truly have a center. Um, most of ours is either a point guard or a forward. Um, but, yes, we have – everybody plays different positions. 
I tell them at the beginning of the year what positions they got to learn. Usually our guys got to learn at least three positions on the floor, uh, except for our point guard. And uh, that's just how we play. I mean, that's how we have to play. Coach, being a small rural school, uh, getting players out, uh, so far, you know, this winter's been pretty mild, but in winters past, uh, how tough is it to, to keep your program together? Uh, because it seems like you're kind of in that little section of the snow belt in that part of the state. Um, actually, it's it's not really that hard. Um, I think my first year I was coaching, I had, uh, I think I had seven kids on varsity. Um, I've had upwards to uh, 18. Um, this year I got uh, 13. And um, they always come together. They always show up to practice. No matter what the weather is, if I ask them to be there, they're always there for me. Well, Paul Paul does not have a football program. I mean, with a school that small, it would be very challenging to, to, to do that. Does, that. does that kind of actually help you for basketball a little bit, not having to – fragment an already small drawing pool of, of, of kids yeah um it helps because most of the kids uh, they either they focus on baseball or basketball uh, most of my kids i have they they focus on basketball all through the year um they're always out on the courts in the off season and that's all they focus on is basketball so having not having football helps our program well, let's talk about this team a little bit what makes this team better than some of the ones you've had uh, in the past? Um, they play as a team. Um, I don't have just uh, individuals out there. Um, they all feed off each other. Um, a lot of it's fed off of uh, my point guard and one of my forwards. Um, everybody gets involved in the game. Um, it ain't just one person out there you know, trying to take upon himself. And they... Um, they like running my system, uh, and it just it's, it just falls into place. Well, Coach, your ball club takes on East Hardy on January 5th, so a little bit of a layoff here, and uh, the Paw Paw Pirates 4-0, and we wish you guys the best of luck. We'll be keeping up with you through the course of the season. All right, sir. Thank you. All right, that's Steve Moreland, head coach of the Paw Paw Boys basketball team. And Coach Marone, I think if you're from the state of West Virginia – and you're not having to face Paul Paul to try to get to a state tournament because that that creates a different, um, uh, you know, it, it's a different setup then. But Paul Paul is one of those you, you just kind of root for, and Harmon as well, and Union up there to do well because those schools are, like I said, public schools with fewer than seventy students. They're isolated, and uh, they work as hard as anybody else does. Uh, you kind of have a soft spot in your heart for them. Yeah, I think you definitely root for them. And uh, Coach Moreland, as he mentioned, uh, has great kids there, and uh, he's excited about what he's doing there. And, and I guarantee the community there is uh, is is rallying around them. Uh, all across the state, you have communities that get behind programs, but I think that you definitely see a different atmosphere in some of these smaller, uh, more rural areas because that school uh, basically ends up being kind of the center of a lot of activities other than just sports, but to give them a chance to, to kind of be proud of their team is something that uh, 
that they all uh, want to do. And uh, there's uh, unfortunately few of those schools that are still there through consolidation and other things uh, with the turns in the economy and such. But it does uh, harken back to a, a day of yore, if you will. Uh, you mentioned uh, the fictitious team from Hoosiers, which was based on a real team out of Milan. Uh, uh, Indiana, and uh, uh, that was a, a true life story that was turned into the movie, of course. But uh, Paul Paul had a magical run around the turn of 2000 as well. Uh, being at a Class A school now myself, I can tell you to think of someone that has 65 students total fielding a basketball team with 13 people. That's amazing. Just to be honest with you, I mean, we've got over 400 students and uh, getting kids to work and put their time in, and it's a chore there to get to practice sometimes. He said they're always there. It's really impressive. Very impressed. Yeah, very much so. I've only been through Pawpaw one time in my life, and it was uh, about this time of the year and went through one of those big snowstorms, and there was snow drifts everywhere. And I'll never <laughs> forget the trip, uh, my one time through Pawpaw. Did you go through the tunnel? <laughs> no. I've always wanted I, – I hear great things about the Pawpaw Tunnel, and I definitely want to say it's up on the banks of the Potomac River there in Berkeley County, just in that little nook. Um that is on the far western side of that county, right up against uh, the river, and et cetera. On Route 9, Route 51, that's where, uh, that's where you go to find Paul Paul, West Virginia. And, um, before we take a break here, I, I want to mention, though, too, um, something you're more familiar with, Joe, as well, is, is Van High School, which is a school with about 120 kids in it, uh, 9 through 12. And obviously that school has been talked about as possibly closing and dispersing and that community's kind of rallied together to try to keep that together, too. So y- you've seen a school, even though it's twice the size of Paul Paul, right. but in a similar situation of being rural, isolated, and, and not a big area to draw from. Exactly. And with the, you know, the downturn in the coal industry and the in the local economy, you know, there's been so many people move out of there. And, and of course, uh, Boone County, the school systems have struggled financially, just like many other school systems across the state. And you really feel for those people uh, because, you know, that's what holds those communities together are those those high schools. They, and, you know, those folks have, have grown up being bulldogs all their life and, and you know they they don't want to change and, and you understand that but sometimes you know it, they're forced into it because of you know economic conditions right now we'll step aside and take a break when we come back it's cause time for the martins road journal everett kozlowski on the basketball friday night in west virginia continues here on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. We used to get together every week. She's been home from her last deployment for months now, and I haven't seen her once. He's just been different since he got back from Iraq. One minute he's ready to go, and the next he doesn't want anyone around. The nightmares are back and seem to be getting worse. Shouldn't he be sleeping better after all these years? A lot of people don't understand what veterans go through during their service or when they come back. And that's okay. But everyone can help. You can make a difference in the life of a veteran. You stood by us when we were in uniform. So stand by us now. Like my brother did when he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. Take a stand for those who served our country. 
If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library, Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Pertussis, more commonly known as whooping cough, is a very serious disease, especially for infants. It's often spread to babies from older kids or adults who may not even know they have it. Whooping cough is a real threat to your baby today. To stay protected, get your baby and everyone around your baby vaccinated. Vaccination is protection. Learn more at www.cdc.gov pertussis. A message from CDC. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts coach rick marone and ryan epling it's 11:34 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone joe linville happy to have you along with us here as we head toward the home stretch of our final show before christmas just after tomorrow and of course the 23rd, always known as Festivus, since the uh, since Frank Costanza, who refused to celebrate <laughs> Christmas for whatever reason, but would rather have the feats of strength than the airing of grievances. and Or to the rest of America, it, as you alluded to earlier, it's Christmas Eve, Eve. <laughs> yes, and that... We'll go with Christmas Eve, Eve. I like that one, too. But uh, I know a lot of people will be out traveling tonight, today, tomorrow, especially as well. Christmas falling on Sunday kind of messes up the travel. It's not a natural travel time, but uh, certainly wish you and, and yours uh, safe trips wherever you may be headed out. But joining us now on the program from the Martinsburg Journal is Rick Kozlowski. Welcome to the show, Rick. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> here. It is Santa Claus. All right. Santa Claus, all right. That's a good one. <laughs> and I have, I have a few, uh, few gifts. I don't know how this will go over, however. Uh, well, <laughs> that, that's the fun of it. I have a 6'9 transfer, but Joe wants a 6'8 person. <laughs> we'll take him. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got whistles. Whistles with no P's. <laughs> not blow the whistle. The crowd is hollering, let him play, let him play. There's no whistles, make him play. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that as well. Need some towels for the trainer, though. Clean up the blood after that, man. But um, I think those are two excellent Christmas gifts right there. Absolutely. Now, I know Joe would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rick, 
Martinsburg is out of town right now. The Bulldogs down in Myrtle Beach. And um, obviously it's hard to know how good teams are. You know, exactly. You get an idea that teams are pretty good when you when you go out of state and challenge yourself, as Martinsburg is doing. But um, playing down in uh, South Carolina right now, where the weather is a little bit warmer than it is here, I presume. And um, having a win over Mount Zion Christian out of New York, uh, North Carolina yesterday, a win over Andrew, South Carolina earlier in the week, and a loss to Conway, South Carolina, from Myrtle Beach. Uh, that's still a pretty successful trip down at the Panther Classic. Absolutely. I don't know how, like you said, we don't know how good these teams are. I noticed that Conway uh, has a 7-1 record currently. They started playing back in November. I think Martinsburg are still playing football then. If uh, things, you know, if my memory is is correct, so it's a team. Martinsburg's a team that's still trying to come together, but I, I don't know how many. Uh, uh, if there's any, if there's extra units that Mount Zion has, but traditionally Mount Zion has been one of those national kinds of teams. So that win seems, you know, to me, uh, not knowing, you know, all the details. Seems like a pretty impressive win for them, and that's yeah, that's definitely Mount Zion has had a lot of success over the years, and um, they just lost the game to Charlotte Basketball Academy, sixty to fifty-five. And again, what does that mean exactly? I, I don't know, but it's probably not anything bad. I don't think there's any such thing as a bad win over Mount Zion, whether it's you know if they split their teams or not. I don't know. Uh, I'm with you on that. But nonetheless, sometimes the unknown makes it a little bit of fun. But from a panhandle standpoint, over the course of this past week, it's really, we we talked about last week, the strength of those schools, and uh, not a lot has changed. Uh, Musselman, Jefferson, Hedgesville, a combined 14-0. Martinsburg, 3-1. And not in the power rankings either. But I, I digress. Well, like we said, the power <laughs> rankings will will become more accurate. They'll change. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, that's all good because it's a legitimate it's a legitimate uh, thing to tease about at this point. Uh, it's like we're saying you're not in the state yet, but that's not what we mean. And obviously, that clears up as the season goes along. So we try to be um, as upfront about that as possible. But, but still. Um, yeah, those teams just keep uh, rolling right along. I mentioned, like I said, Musselman, who is very highly regarded. Uh, Jefferson, Hedgesville, um, and not to mention, obviously, Martinsburg as well. And, and in terms of from last week to this week, the beat just went on. Yeah. And how about those Paw Paw Pirates? Yeah, undefeated as well. <laughs> hey, those Panhandle schools like are not losing at this point. <laughs> Well, I was listening to uh, your conversation with Steve Moreland, and uh, he seemed pretty upbeat uh, talking to you guys. I talked to him before the season, and he kind of made the uh, the bold prediction that he thought this team was capable of winning a sectional. And I kind of like you know, you know, opened my eyes a little bit and start talking some more, and, and he said it again. And I said, even though the sectional is, is expanded, I think, to uh, like eight or nine teams, he's like, yeah, I really think we can. 
So, you know, they're off to a good start, and I'm, you know, really uh, interested in, in seeing, you know, how far they can progress if they are indeed a sectional champion type of team. Definitely something to look forward to is to see how the season progresses uh, with with that club and with that section in general. Um, and, and you mentioned the changes and, and you know, AAA condensed down to just twenty nine. Um, so I don't I don't know if things are a whole lot different just on the surface with the the schools in the Panhandle and the Eastern Panhandle and the in AAA, but in Single A, which ex, expanded by uh, a little bit this year several schools but not necessarily in that area um, at the same time that forced a complete realignment of uh, for brackets and so forth and regionals and sectional alignment and uh, you're talking about Paul Paul they're in a, a section now with East Hardy, Harmon, Moorfield Pendleton County, Tucker County Union and the West Virginia School for the Deaf so there are eight schools in that one section and uh, the other side of the section also has Eight schools, including we're talking Clay Patel, Doddridge County, Gilmer County, Notre Dame, South Harrison, Trinity Christian, and Tigers Valley. That may have only been seven. I was counting very fast there, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's a different road to try to get to Charleston now for those ball clubs. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be you know more difficult, and more challenging for the single A's as well as the double A's, which also have an expanded. Uh, uh, classification and, and the triple A's I think it's going to be a little bit easier in, in the sense that you know, there aren't as many teams so you know in the past uh, region two which is the eastern panhandle used to also include teams from like Lewis County, Buckhannon, Rupture teams in the middle of the state now region two is strictly the eastern panhandle so it's guaranteed that there'll be two teams in Charleston every year, at least for the next four years, until you know the next realignment. Uh, so I think uh, you know, for the most part, it has been two teams that have gone on, but they've still had that roadblock where they've had one team's had to go to the middle of the state and play, and uh, you know sometimes travel can be difficult. And no weeknight trips to Weston this year. Well, I know some, I know one person that uh, finds that uh, deliriously happy, and that person would be on the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it's forty nine degrees in Myrtle Beach right now. So. Yeah, and, and, and what is it uh, around West Virginia? Well, a little cooler than that. <laughs> a little cooler than forty nine. Yeah, we'll, it's supposed to be 68 tomorrow, but chance of rain. So you know, down that's at Myrtle Beach. So we're looking at 42 in the Huntington area right now. So uh, you know, I don't know if I would trade that or not because that Myrtle Beach air is a little bit thinner and it gets a little cold. I, I got 49 there; it can feel a little bit cooler. But nonetheless, uh, Rick, always a pleasure to get to talk with you. Uh, since this is our final show before Christmas, and you've already given us the gifts of Thank you. an official getting a, a whistle that won't blow and a, uh, a six foot nine basketball player for Scott High School, which I'm sure they'll be just waiting for his enrollment Monday morning, even though they'll be out of school. But um, nonetheless, uh, well, that's what's going to happen. He's going he's to enroll on Monday when there's no school. Oh, okay. Right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, it, it, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was there, but nobody would let him in. He couldn't get enrolled, so he just went back. So he went but, back home. Yeah, that's what happened. But uh, so, Rick, your thoughts though uh, on 
you know what? Here's your open forum, Rick. Thoughts on anything going into uh, the Christmas break? Well, I guess the uh, probably the, the biggest thing I would uh, like to see is, uh, or I should say not see, is another 44-inch snowfall like we had last uh, January. Uh, we'll take that. 100% <laughs> agreement with that. That was, uh, that was a mess throughout West Virginia and ended up with a state of emergency that night as well. It was just an absolutely crazy time. But, hey, Rick, always a pleasure. Wish you a Merry Christmas, and we'll speak with you again yes. hopefully next week. Well, I wish you, uh, gentlemen, the, the merriest of Christmas. Always appreciate it. That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. We'll step aside for our final break. Come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update. We have every score of every game played in the state of West Virginia tonight. We're going to hear the bell. The whistle. I forgot what it is now. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. And we'll also uh, get our poll question, and we'll put a wrap and put a bow on this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism in Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash sojmc. You feel like you've known your man forever. And you know his full name, his nickname, his pet names. You know his birthday. He likes old school rap more than R&B and anything his mama cooks. Yeah, you feel like you've known your man forever. But that doesn't mean you know everything about him. Of all the women living with HIV in the U.S., about 66% are African American. And most of these women got HIV by having unprotected sex with a man. The good news is more and more women are stepping up and getting tested for HIV. Women just like you who know they have to look out for themselves. Get an HIV test. Whatever the result, there are treatment and support programs available in your community. To find out where you can get a free HIV test, visit HIVtest.org slash take charge or call 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-232-4636. If you've had unprotected sex, get tested for HIV. Take charge. Take the test. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. School basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 
1148 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Here with you till midnight. About to wrap this one up. Brian Epling and Joe Linville with you. Joined now by Seth Payne. Seth has been so kind as to put in most of the scores for us tonight, handling scoreboard duties. And he's here now for a look at our poll question. All right, thanks. And uh, see, last week's poll was uh, which 2016 girls state champion has the best chance of repeating in 2017? And um, I came up to Gilmer County with 39%, Wyoming East with 35%, and Morgantown with 26%. And uh, this week's poll is uh, which 2016 girl or boys, excuse me, state champion has the best chance of repeating in 2017. And uh, those are Morgantown, Fairmont Senior, and St. Joseph Central. That poll question goes live at midnight on basketballnight.com, and you can vote all the way up until next Friday. We'll have the results of the poll question then. Seth, welcome to the family. Thank you. All right, that's Seth Payne. Joe Linville now in with a check of the boys' scores for the night. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Earlier this evening, it was the Man Hillbillies falling to Mount View, 85-46. It was the Cameron Dragons over Bridgeport of Ohio, 67-44. It was Bishop Donahue over Steubenville Catholic, 74-53. It was Oak Glen falling to uh, Tornado, uh, Ohio. The Red Knights take the Golden Bears, 56-53. It was Edison Local out of Ohio over the Weir Raiders, uh, 72-71. That game was decided in the final 5.1 seconds of that ball game. It was John Marshall over Brook tonight, 62-52. It was the Chapmanville Tigers over Pikeview, 71-60, to win the Bob Runyon Memorial Championship Tournament. It was Tucker County over Elkins, 60-54. It was Gilmer County, the Titans, over the Panthers of Clay County, 63-42. It was Herbert Hoover falling to Nitro tonight, 59-56. It was the Hurricane Redskins over the Winfield Generals, 51-54. It was the Logan Wildcats in a close one over the Polka Dots, 52-50. It was the Mingo Central Miners over the Lincoln County Panthers, 61-42. And a big battle in Parkersburg. It was the Big Reds over the Patriots of Parkersburg South, 93-58. It was Wheeling Park over Preston, 64-49. It was Ravenswood over Southern Ohio, 87-38. It was Point Pleasant over the Raiders of River Valley, Ohio, 62-47. In a high-scoring contest for the Capital Cougars, it was the Capital Cougars over Cabell Midland tonight, 111-45. And our final boys score tonight, it was Wesley Christian over the GW Patriots, 72-63. Girls High School basketball today at the Smoky Mountain Classic in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The Williamsburg Lady Jackets from Kentucky defeat Tulsa 44-36. At the Doc Maples Invitational, it was St. Joe defeating Tennessee High School's Vikings 68-39. That was in the championship game of the Doc Maples Invitational. Also today in girls high school basketball, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish defeat the Tigers Valley Bulldogs 53-41. Nicholas County defeats Braxton County 63-34. 
Moorefield, a 48-41er over the Rams from Strasburg, Virginia. The Steubenville Big Red defeat Oak Glen 47-39. It was Fairmont Senior defeating Spring Mills 56-37. It was the Lincoln County Panthers beating Nitro tonight. 51-34, the Panthers get the win in Hamlin. Billsville, Ohio, the Blue Devils get a win over Trinity tonight by a final score of 55-54 in a classic game in Monongalia County. It was Buchanan Upshur improving to 6-1 behind 20 points from Hannah McClung. The Buccaneers tonight defeat University 67-54. The aptly named Maples of Mapletown, Pennsylvania defeat the 100 Hornets tonight. 46-21 the final score in that one. And the Roan County Raiders over the Webster County Highlanders, your final score in that one, 75-46. The Raiders get the home win in Spencer. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard. That was all the scores from across the state. There it is. That's, that's your signal that every game played by a Mountain State team tonight scores online, basketballnight.com. And big thank you to all those in the back who – Um, Make that happen. Get that online, and and we're able to share that information with you throughout the night. It took us three weeks, but we got it tonight, and that's that's normal. It takes a couple weeks to get back in the flow. Some contacts change over the the time as well, so you got to make new ones, and and we've been able to do that. So um, about five minutes to go in the program until the end of Festivus, um, (laughs) the beginning of Christmas Eve. And again, if you're just joining us, we have the Festivus pole and a Christmas tree both behind us here on set. And, you know, this time of year, we do Christmas wish list. And at least we started this year. I said it like we did it every year. That's the first year we've done it. But um, I wanted to share a short, it's a very condensed Christmas wish list for high school basketball in the state of West Virginia. Number one, good health to all. It's been an unfortunate year for injury already throughout the state. And there's also been a lot of illness, just people who have been sick here the last few weeks, just, you know, virus and so forth that seems to be running around. I watched a high school basketball game between Wayne and Logan last week, or or earlier this week, excuse me. And uh, Logan had a bunch of girls who were ill and were struggling. And uh, you could just tell he just didn't feel well at all. And it was almost team-wide. I felt bad for him. Uh, they wouldn't even shake hands with anybody. They just did fist bumps because they didn't want they didn't want to get anybody sick. Like they're like, we're not mean being here. Like, but, <laughs> so, so and uh, also you know just uh, today, Gabby Lapartis, the point guard at Wyoming East, had surgery on her knee, and we wish her a speedy recovery as well. So for all in high school basketball in West Virginia, good health um, is on the the Christmas wish list. Uh, also on the Christmas wish list this year is actually this is going to be a weird one because it's wishing for something to not happen no to the National Federation get rid of the idea of a shot clock that is that is effective for only the top flight collegiate prospect kids who typically don't go to your run of the mill public high schools who don't have to try to struggle to find somebody to run a shot clock, who don't have to struggle to find somebody to run the game clock, who don't have to struggle to find somebody to keep the scorebook. I mean, you know, you're asking a whole lot there, and that's something that's been bannered around. I know some of the, the people who cover college basketball think that that's a great thing, but guys, 99% of kids who play high school basketball do not play college basketball. Right. You don't need that. So please say no to the shot clock. 
for practical purposes and for the game because I think it's part of the strategy. Because and let's be honest, it's not easy to stand there and hold on to the ball for minutes at a time if you're being pressured. We we've seen some good games, especially last year. Both of them really pretty much against Poka, the Scott Poka game. You know, Scott come a bean of you know had a, a shot. Uh, upsetting Polka, but if they had had a shot clock, you know, it would have been a runaway. And, and then Chapmanville in the state tournament right. lost by two. Yep. And it was on the last second putback by Polka to win that ball game in the uh, state quarterfinals a year ago. So say no to the shot clock, it just it, it, it creates more problems than I think that it would, than I think that it would solve. Um, that, that was my second wish and my third wish. Uh, this goes out to all the schools that have never made it to Charleston. Some of them would end up running into each other, and it won't be possible for them all to make it one year, but I would love to see a bunch of those schools that have never been able to have that run to be able to have their communities feel that excitement, feel that magic, get behind those kids, and follow them on a, on a magical run into Charleston. It's not always the destination that's the story. It's the journey that is the story, and uh, that's something I posted on Twitter earlier today. I really think that's uh, very true, so uh, I'd like to see – uh, you know, some schools and communities that haven't got to experience the hoopla that goes around the state basketball tournament to, to get there and to get to experience that this year. Yeah, I agree fully. And I tell you what, some new faces on the scene already. I think you're exactly right. There's going to be some uh, some uh, teams that are going to make a run that uh, we don't even think about at this time. Uh, but again, uh, Ryan, on a side note, uh, I want to thank everybody here at Basketball Friday Night, uh, all of our uh, listeners and viewers across the state. They make this possible. Uh, we wish them all a uh, very happy holiday season and safe as well. And uh, remember the reason for the season, and we appreciate them being with us on Friday nights. Yeah, I'll, I'll ditto that, uh, that, all the people behind the scenes. There's a lot of people that volunteer volunteer their time to make this program possible and to all of our coaches all of our listeners uh, a very merry christmas and we'll see you next week and to all those who are out there spending the hours in the gym uh, every day trying to work on their games to get better the coaches who spend it out there with them trying to help them out to the kids and athletes as well a merry christmas enjoy a day or two off with your families as much as you can that's going to do it for this edition of basketball friday night in west virginia the season ender is next friday Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend. And thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.